Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Podcast, Will Robinson. Podcast. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. Let's. That's <laughs> great. great. That's. That's what the whole movie was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole movie was like, we'll just do that. Right. Let's not. Let's not alter these diamond cut lines. <laughs> let's have a little line corner where we can quote our favorite lines from the movie, but let's not bastardize them in our opening. Let's show some respect. He only says it though quietly, right? Wait, now, what's the name of this character again? Remind me, because I know what 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 like kind of. Thing it you is. know what type of creature uh, he is. Device, creature. A, a right. The okay. character's name is Rubbit. Oh, it's just Robot. Yeah. Oh, okay, fun. Robot. <laughs> it is funny because I, w- I got him confused with someone else. There are other robots. Is this, yeah. is this the fastest we've ever gotten to minute 35 <laughs> of the podcast? <laughs> we right. somehow very quickly got to running out of things to right, talk come about. On, come, <laughs> on, come, on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hello, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. Griffin Newman. David Sims. We're hashtag the two friends, and this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. Mm -hmm. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on and are given a series of blank checks. And sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce baby. Yeah, okay. Usually, that's what our show is. Mm -hmm. But today, for the second time ever, it's Bring Your Family Member to Podcast Day. This is work. I consider this work. You can call it work. Okay. It's bring your relative to work day. Mm-hmm. It's a family choice episode. Mm-hmm. I had my sister Romley Newman on. We talked Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. And now when today. We've, we've got plans in the future for Ben's our producing dad. friend. Yes. <laughs> Producer Ben's dad. Producer Ben's dad. That, that, uh-huh. ben, Ducer's bad. Mm-hmm. What? Ben Ducer's dad. Mm-hmm. I said Ben, ben Ducer's bad. <laughs> you did. I didn't mean to editorialize. Thanks. <laughs> Peeper's dad. Dirtbike Benny's dad. Meat Lover's dad, the fart detective's might, dad, well Fuck Master's dad. He's not Professor Crispy's dad. He's graduates in certain titles over He's the course do of this different miniseries. Your dad, whenever your dad comes around, what do you think your dad's going to think of that? He's going to get so annoyed. Producer Ben Kenobi, <laughs> Kylo Ben, Ben's, Ben Night Shyamalan, Ben say say Benny thing, Ailey Ben's with the dollar sign, Warhaz and Purdue Bing. And we don't have another one. Oh, fuck yeah, man! We need a Catherine Bigelow one. We'll Let's come up with it by the end of the episode. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I forgot to point that out to you. Jeez. We've been, How about, all right. I really th- threw him for a loop there. No, we got it. Just we'll insert it later. Yes. So then, of course, my new nickname Of course is... it is Ben 19, the Fennel Maker. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear that all Brilliant. the fucking time. I hope it's oh. not Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> it's definitely not. No, no, it's Osama Which Ben Hosley. Which is Hosley. what the fans are demanding. Uh, right, Osama no, Bin Hosley. I am right. putting my foot down. I refuse to allow that to happen. Oh, God. No, no it is not. I just, just show me a better option. I hope we were shown I a better hope, option. I hope we've been shown. We're, we're recording this in October. It's not coming out until December. And Correct. let's hope that in the time between when we recorded it and when it's released, when we've dropped in the name, <laughs> the Ben nickname for Bigelow. It's not Osama Ben Hosley. Let's pray. Yeah. All right. Okay. But no, today we have my brother in. Yes. Do Hello. Want, do you want to be called Joseph or Joey? Uh, Joey. Yeah, you're Joey Sims. Joey Sims, baby. My brother's here. Joey Sims. I have not dropped Joey in adulthood. You haven't. I don't yeah, care. In, in fact, you've embraced, embraced it, I would I've say. Embraced it. Yep. I think it works for Not you. Not what was planned, but it, yeah, it works. He's Joseph, but you know. And you picked a movie today starring 
another famous Joey. Oh boy, <laughs> I, I actually didn't really occur to me. Another <laughs> man who owned Joey. It does feel like a movie that Joey Tribbiani would be okay, in, that's, right? Like that's what it is. I would argue that's the number one <laughs> lasting legacy of this movie, right? Is the joke, the meme kind of like Lost in Space is weird because it's like watching a Joey Tribbiani film, right? Yeah. And this feels like the performance that Joey would give. Yeah, like, totally. I think Matt LeBlanc is a fairly good actor, and I, in general, I mean, sure. certainly a good he has comedic actor. The ability, he has the ability. Episodes, right? Right. I'm trying to think of what else. Man he's doing. with a uh, plan. Oh God, I forgot about that. Is that did that get canceled? No, well, it's still on. Okay. Uh, they just killed off the wife in season two so he could marry Leah Ramini. <laughs> <laughs> is the whole point of Man with a Plan just that he's a dad? And he's got a plan. What's the plan? I think he doesn't raise children. Plan. <laughs> okay, he doesn't have a plan. His plan is be a dad. Okay, all is, right. Is the is the plan in the title ironic? Does he not have a plan? I I don't know. I've never seen it. I'm just reading, and the plot is his wife goes back to work, and he has to be a stay at home dad, which is what they've now reworked. Kevin can wait to be. Is that what Kevin can wait's about? I thought Kevin can wait was about grief. Well, the Sony executive <laughs> said that the reason they killed off Aaron Hayes as his wife was because they wanted to see him struggle to be a single parent. Okay, but I thought mm-hmm. he was going to get with Liam. But are they just going to date? I don't know, because she was his Lea partner. Ramini. She was like his old cop partner on the no. show. I don't think they're dating yet. I have no idea. We shouldn't talk we about things we don't know. Suitable grieving we period. shouldn't talk about things we don't know. She was introduced in the first season finale as a police detective who had worked with Kevin on a major case. And they bickered. And and then he becomes, she becomes his boss. The boss of his security company. Yeah, you know. So there'll be like a workplace thing. Here's what could have happened. So it is about grief. She could still become his boss and he could still stay married to the woman who was not killed off by executive. But it would be weird. It would be weird. Because it would be, it's his wife from the last show. No, David, you're right. It'd be very weird to have (laughs) two actresses on one sitcom. I know. It would would confuse my brain. I would be like shifting without a clutch. Now, were they are they going to talk to each other about just things that don't relate to men? You think would that be like a thing <laughs> yes, on to the Kevin table? Or how oh, he can we wait. can't do. Have that. you watched Kevin Can Wait? Because you're the one who alerted me to the clip. No, because I, that clip was just amazing. I it, mean, that it, clip made made the rounds wildly. No, I would not watch it. But I was I said that the bringing us back to. Man with a plan, which I think is that's slightly more about. relevant. No, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Man with a plan. Oh, every clip I've seen of it is just about him not have never have never having a plan. He's just an idiot. Well, this he's so uh, of rich. This episode is Why called Pod with a Cast. It's called- <laughs> yeah. No, he's got crazy residual money. That's his plan. When you ask what the titular plan is, it's to get a hundred episodes out of Man with a Plan and make more residual money. Um, but this was kind of like the the total dead end of his film career. This is the total. Oh, we're talking about Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. And the movie is Lost in Space, the just to be clear. A Matt LeBlanc vehicle. 1998 <laughs> Stephen Hopkins joint masterpiece. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lost in Space, but, uh, written but I, by Akiva Goldsman. Yes. It was the end, but it was also the beginning, wasn't it? Was there anything before well, there this? Was, there was uh, Ed. Ed, where he uh, plays baseball with a monkey. And that's it. Yeah. Again, that also. And then Charlie's Angels, where he's like supporting, supporting, deep supporting. That's That's what I'm saying. But but after this, right? He has made nine movies in total. In total. In total. Like he'd made a movie called Ghost Brigade. Sounds good. uh, With Corbin Burnson and Martin Sheen, it seems to be some sort of Civil War drama. Oh no! But it's a supernatural horror film. Oh, cool. 
I don't know, man. Uh, Didn't he also make a war movie where he dresses up as a lady? Oh, yeah, I was going to get to that. He oh, made all the Queensman right. with Eddie Izzard where he plays a British person, I think. Right. No, he's American. Izzard is British. And they have to infiltrate a German factory in Berlin dressed as women. It's a World War II movie? World War II. So it's like... And I think it's... Some like it hot, but with Nazis? I, I was about to say, I think it's based on a real event, but there's no implication that it is. So they were just like, right, some like it right. hot with Nazis. Okay. Uh, apparently it, it made minus 99.9% of its budget because it cost $15 million. Jeez. Uh, and it made $23,000. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> He made that while he was still on Friends. Like he, that was like yeah. a fill. He was like, yeah. in my summer, I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do is make all the Queens men. Okay, wait. So nine in total. Those two movies. Right, two so Charlie's Ghost Angels. Brigade, two Charlie's Angels. Go uh, look at a movie called Look an Italian. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah. That if look the, an Italian. If the boot fits. A low budget independent film, an okay. homage to Scorsese, according to writer director Guy Magar. Hey. <laughs> that's who's credited here okay. and he said to me the words looking Italian meant looking good well, looking Italian and then Ed which has a creepy like guy in a suit as a monkey yeah, or is yeah, it's a little person in a robot suit here's the poster he's high five in the that monkey. was while he was on Friends right. that's like at the height of Friends correct 96 yeah. right and that's like my dad's old adage about like don't do the talking horse movie you know this whole thing uh, no, but um. my dad's like big advice he gives to his students is like, don't do the talking horse movie. Cause it's like, you'll make like your, your like short film and you'll get a bunch of offers and someone will come to you and go like, we can pay you half a million dollars. You have a $40 million budget and you get to make the talking horse movie. And if you make this, it'll be such a big hit that then you can make whatever you want. Right. And you take the talking horse movie and the talking horse movie is terrible because you never cared about it in the first place. And then your career is ruined because you're the guy who made the talking, the horse, talking movie. horse movie. Yeah, talking horse movie yeah. is rough. Right. Now, but like Ed feels like a talking horse movie. If someone being like, right. Matt, Although, you're popping on Friends. You want to be a leading man, right? Do the baseball monkey movie. But he doesn't even talk, right? No, he's not a talking monkey. He's just a pitching monkey. <laughs> and this is pre-air, but. Pre-air, but he also made a movie with Ali Larder called Lovesick a couple what? years ago. A couple years ago? Shrug, that's all I got for you. It was the opening night movie at the Newport Beach Film Festival. Newport Beach Film Festival. <laughs> Chevy Chase is in it. Chevy <laughs> He probably did five minutes. And he did it. Yeah, okay. All right, so that's what Matt LeBlanc's up to now. But then, this is his big commercial play being right. third build in a Lost in Space uh, gritty reboot. But he is kind of the lead. One thing that's fascinating about this movie is right? that it has no lead. Okay, yes, I it agree has with that. Three, Matt it, is not even above the title. Which I know. Is he is not. He is not. The first build on the film is the villain. Gary Oldman. Second build. But that also the most important character on the TV show, which yes. is why I think that's why he and gets the, it. he's certainly the biggest actor at the time of the release he's of this film. He's doing, where's he at? Where's Oldman at? I think he, I, this feels he's, like the movie he made to like finance nil by mouth or whatever, right? right? Like <laughs> this is where he's like. But he's like coming right off of Air Force One. He's, a, yeah. he's riding high he's at this point. Air he Force at this one. point had been. He had established himself as like the top the villain. Previous in Hollywood. year, he had made Fifth Element, Air Force One, and Nil by Mouth. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's big. I guess so. But then after this, he doesn't make anything for a while. Right. And this is sort of the end of Hurt in studio movies. The big Hurt. Oh, it is. Uh, we're going to talk so much about William Hurt's performance <laughs> in this movie. 
I swear to God. I mean, there's just one line where Joanne and I just looked at each other, like, sort of scandalized, like, late in the movie. He hates that he's in this He's movie. so mad that he's in this movie. Like, furious that he's in this oh movie. Oh, my God. William Hurt. Yeah, the big Hurt. What had he been up to? Well, the Michael sec- the year before, right? I, I, yeah. yeah. Good poll. No, two Thank years you. before. Okay. 96. Jane Eyre. Right. The Zeffirelli but Jane Eyre. But this is the end oh. of studio picture leading man, William Hurt. Uh, same year he has Dark City. Okay. Um, he's really good in that. He's very good. He is that. good in that. Uh, and One True Thing, the same year as well, the sure. cancer movie. It's cancer, right? Yeah, that's the Meryl, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, Reese yeah. Wither. I, I mean, sorry, Renee no. Zellweger. I think it's cancer. I don't know. It, I, it, it's a sick Meryl movie. Streep, yes, it's a cancer movie. It's a Carl Franklin movie. Um, yeah, it's Streep, Zellweger, William Hurt, Tom Everett Scott. That's, <laughs> that's, that's your four. Lauren Graham's in it. A young yeah. Lauren Graham. A movie starring three people who have won Oscars and right. Tom Everett Scott. Tom Everett Scott. That's the poster. It's the yeah. three of them and Tom Everett Scott. Each of them's holding their trophy and Tom Everett Scott's doing the shrug. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So then after this, Hurt is. Yeah, that's yeah. just kind of gone for a while. Is that true? It's gone. He's gone. He's in Sunshine, that like multi-generational right. Ray Fiennes movie. I've never seen it. That's I like an either. art movie. History of Violence is sort of a comeback. History of Violence doesn't is really 05, capitalize on though. it. Right, that's what I'm saying. It took that long. But, you know, I mean, he has his little roles because he pops up in AI, our favorite Right, movie. which he's very good in. Uh, he he, did that he's movie, in, the like, King one scene in Gale Changing Gale Lanes. Bernal, which is really he's good in The King. I he's in The Village, of course. Changing Lanes was one right. of my ideas for this. But I thought you might, uh, might want to do it. a Michelle. Roger Michelle. That's Ooh, how you say it. It is how you say it. Roger Michelle. You said it right. That's an interesting filmography. Wait a second. Now I want to look at Roger Michelle. We're never going to do Roger We're Michelle. We're going to do Roger Michelle. <laughs> My We're doing Roger Michelle. No, that seems like a TV movie. Notting right? Hill. T- Titanic Town, Notting Hill, Changing Lanes. The mother. Which Daniel I like. Craig fucks an old lady. Like She's that not old. movie. Middle-aged lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enduring Love, which Enduring is okay. Love. Good movie. I like that movie too. Reese Dude. Evans, very good in it. Venus. Peter O'Toole's Swan Song. Yeah. Uh, Morning Glory. Which is charming. We talk about a lot. Have you seen Morning Glory? I actually haven't seen Morning Glory. Oh, that's something I would, would love. love Morning Glory. It's the Glory. beginning of the Ford trying period. Harrison starts trying again. Should have won the Oscar. <laughs> Hyde Park on Hudson, which is enough to completely yeah, invalidate <laughs> any Roger Roger. Fuck that. <laughs> something called Low Weekend. Oh, Which, that, yeah, no, that movie's charming. That's, it's Jim Broadbent and Lindsay Duncan go DC on a vacation. DC-14 herself. Sounds great. <laughs> a befuddled Broadbent. <laughs> Do you know who else is in it? Do you know who else is in that movie? <sighs> Jeff Goldblum. Um, uh, I, I believe uh, Jeff uh, Goldblum is uh, uh, a third build. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> you are welcome. That movie looks completely insane. I'm sorry, I had to take my headphones off because I was so horrified by that movie. And then my cousin Rachel this year, which I didn't see. I didn't see. You know, the weird thing about Roger Michelle is uh, because Daniel Craig loved him, loves him, right? He did those two big movies with him before he got really big. Uh, He always gets thrown out every time there's a new Bond movie. Every time there's a new Bond movie, he's on the short list of the three people because Craig keeps on trying to get Roger Michelle hired to direct a Bond. That's... uh... I don't know. It feels like a poison chalice for Roger. I agree. Shouldn't do it. No good. No. Very bad. Don't do it. Do you do like it. Changing Lanes that much? No, but I watched them. I went back and like watched some uh, clips of it, and I was like, okay, this isn't quite as good as I remember it being. But it's just sort of fascinating because it's, you know, the kind of movie that doesn't get we, made we anymore. We it recently it really for is. that reason. It, it really been a box is. office game, and we were like, and how it was did that movie hit. exist? It like yeah. made money. 
think it was got decent reviews. Number one, two weekends in a row. Came out in April. Yeah. Never got talked about for Oscars. Who cares? It's you know, just it's like, just sort of like, yeah, like yeah, there's it's, a car accident. You know, and it, right. their lanes, they change. Was, like, yeah, I mean, like, right. There's like no real pitch. That was a period of time where you could release a drama on over 2,000 screens with no Oscar aspirations. Like, do you think if I was interviewing Ben Affleck and he's just like in his stupor, you know, he's like melted into his chair. <laughs> vaping. And his, yeah, vaping and his like shirt tails are coming out of his fly or whatever, you know what I mean? And I'm like, changing lanes though. And he, like, there'd be like a flicker of light in his eyes and be like, in my head he's just brando now (laughs) yeah ever since that one picture of him where he looks really disheveled i'm like affleck is gone completely off his rocker the the best one is the one with him on the dumbo ride at disney world (laughs) Uh, yeah after he and garner filed for divorce but they clearly had booked this family trip together And it's him doing full sad Affleck, but just on the Dumbo ride, like looking off into the middle distance. Jesus. Here it is. What were we talking about? (laughs) Yeah, there we go. What the hell are we talking about? We're talking about (laughs) William Hurt uh, because he was in these little movies. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. We've talked about before. History of violence comes around and we're like, Hurt's back. But he's not really back. No, until he finds his role. I mean, his iconic role, the one that's going to go down in history. General even, Thunderbolt to Ross. Yes. Remember when he reprised that role in Civil War? We all remember it. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, you don't remember it. But this movie is sort of, it feels like an, a constant insult to her. Because he is, if anyone is in theory the lead, it's him. But right. the movie gives him nothing. It's a thankless role. And you can tell that he's like, maybe I'm done with this. Like, maybe I'm done making these fucking <laughs> well, Hollywood Not only movies. is it a fang- thankless role, both Oldman and LeBlanc, the other leads, yeah. keep being like, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> yeah. old man. You know, like, useless <laughs> professor. What do you have to do? And then his kid, he's like, it's how are you doing, kids? His kids fuck are like, <laughs> 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 I except, hate you, dad. Except for Heather Graham. Who's like, I love you, Father. Yeah. I have no emotions. <laughs> like, I, uh, all I love is the project. We must complete it. Right? Can I get some recognition for my Penny impression? That was great. Well, that was good. Dad, I hate you. Oh, I all thought right. that was Will. No, no. <laughs> now, Will, nineteen ninety eight. How old are you? Oh, I was jealous of this. I'm going to say, like, Will. Asking. Will is a real Griffin Newman in nineteen ninety eight. Role. Yeah, I think he's boy genius. I looked him up. Yes, sir. He's that actor, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. He talks about banana pancakes. <laughs> he, uh, of course, uh, wrote uh, all the songs for the Curious George soundtrack. Um, <laughs> but he. Uh, it is banana pancakes. I'm, yes. I'm right. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah, yeah. Um, he's two years older than me. So he's, in 1998, uh, yeah, I would have been. I was me. nine. He was 11 when they shot this. Sure. I guess. sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was very jealous of him. He got to be friends with a rabbit. He got to go into space with Heather Graham, who I had a very big crush on when I was nine. Sure. Um, and that's it. I mean, he didn't make another movie, basically. No, pretty much not. No, he did voice roles in like two other animated films. Yeah. Um, the thing I find interesting about LeBlanc in this movie is it feels like he got the part and was like, okay, this movie asks for a Han Solo. You have right. to of be this roguish cad the audience I can't approve of but can't stop watching right you got the dad figure of authority you got the villain and then right off to the side right you know what this movie could have been called what the dad the bad and the cat well, one of the problems the dad, is that, <laughs> please go the ahead dad, one of the problems the is that LeBlanc the, the dad character character in the theory <laughs> yeah is supposed to be like well you can't quite approve of his roguish behavior but right. but what roguish behavior exactly? For instance, the thing that he does in the first scene it seems entirely noble. reasonable. 
Yes. And he keep, people keep yelling at him for the rest of the movie, but it's like, yeah. it's what what did he do wrong? Well, what, the dynamite first scene. This movie cannot pick a lane. <laughs> uh, this movie cannot pick a lane. We'll, we'll get to LeBlanc's later activity in which he basically like nudges, uh, nudges William Hurt and he's like, I really want to fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> and Hurt's like, that's my daughter. And yeah. he's like, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> you know, my like, daughter. We'll get, that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But no, you're right. The dynamite first scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm is an action sequence like no other. They're in bubble fighters. <laughs> Where they're like, spaceships have been cool, but what if they're not cool? <laughs> I can't, wait. First off. No, spaceships, they've been cool. We've had, we've had a lot of cool spaceships over the years, right? You know? In general, this is like, this is a space movie, but it sucks. It's all ugly. We're skipping, we're skipping, I think, what is the most important thing about this movie. Okay. You've already mm-hmm. skipped over it. You think oh, you're starting at the beginning. This movie starts way too quickly. This movie completely skips any kind of foreplay. Well, this movie it, right, starts it does have with, like 20 seconds of voiceover explaining. Right, right, right. But, yeah. but specifically, New Line Studios logo, mm-hmm. and then no titles, no company no, credits. No, no, no. No, no like slow this ramp up of your, score. Your daddy's sci-fi right. picture. <laughs> it goes from New Line mm-hmm. Studio logo to the second, the millisecond the logo ends, William Harp going, in the year 20. Like, it's <laughs> way too fast. He doesn't even, like, take a breath. <laughs> There's not a breath. They cold cut from the end of the logo. There may be an overlapping. It's now ships in space and him going, in the future. Now, that's right. this movie is 130 minutes long. Yeah. It's not short. No. And it feels like they cut an hour out. But it feels rushed, right? Very. Would you agree? I would agree. It's so incredibly... It's half a movie, yeah. but it's also four movies. Right. How is that possible? <laughs> it's insane. This, this movie defies space and time. This movie's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it'll still be on Netflix forever because be I'm pretty Netflix sure Netflix forever. spent $10 on the rights to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, no one's like, no, no, no. Let me get Lost in Space off of Netflix. I think I can find a higher bidder elsewhere. Right? This, so this, it'll be on Netflix. Right. You can watch it on Netflix. This movie is the kid from preschool who always had to like stay an extra hour and a half after school with the teachers because his mom kept on forgetting to pick him up. <laughs> like that's new line with the rights to this movie on streaming. They're just like, oh, does Netflix still have Lost in Space? Can you hold on to it for like two more years? <laughs> um, it was long in the works. Yeah. Like the idea of doing a Lost in Space movie. Well, beloved series. Yeah, I guess so. And this was in the 90s. I've never watched it. Have you ever watched watched it? it, Yeah. I mean, I've seen like an episode. 90s were the start. I would argue the 1990s were the start of nostalgia culture in a major way. Okay. Sure. Right? And 90s studio filmmaking, suddenly it's all these revivals of 60s properties. You have a lot of that going on. You got like the shit, like the Flintstones, you know, you have these cartoon adaptations, uh, Charlie's Angels, which doesn't come out until 2000, mm-hmm. but like th- these Starsky kinds. and Hutch. Right. Well, that comes out later. Then, then we're like getting to 70s stuff. Then we're getting to 70s stuff. Right. You're right. You're but right. 60s, Lost in Space, the Brady Bunch movie, certainly. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The Flintstones, right? All yes. that shit. Yeah. Why'd they never make a Jetsons movie? They tried forever. They're, Robert uh, Zemeckis oh. is doing a TV <laughs> show, which I think is a bad idea. <laughs> oh. But here's the opposite of that, okay? Uh-huh. Lost in Space should never have been a movie. This entire premise it's is episodic. designed for They're television. Lost. They're lost. <laughs> right. They don't know. Every week they're going to go somewhere else and not find their way home. By making this movie, like, to fitting it into the constraints of a self-contained narrative, but also trying to launch a franchise off of it yep. is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's a total nightmare. 
I mean, you want to talk about nightmares for a second? Let's talk about nightmares for a second. I'm not trying to brag here. Uh-huh. My underwear right now. Stinky? It's, it's not even a little bit antimicrobial. To high heaven, it stinks. Oh, God. Stinking up the whole room. Wait, so you're saying, let me just collect myself. Sure. You want antimicrobial underwear. I want something better than whatever I'm wearing right now. I don't even know what I'm wearing right now. I just wanted something better, David. What if you could wear clothes that, like, you know, from a company that believed in smart designs and premium fabrics, but with simple shopping? Well, that sounds like the opposite of a nightmare. You know, like you just go on MacWeldon.com, for example. Okay. To, to Hypothetically. Me, to me, the best example. Okay. Let me think that through. So I'm and W, W, You can w buy. Dot. Hold on. I'm just working through the hypothetical right here. M-A-C-K. I'm a little thirsty. Let me pour myself a hypothetical glass of water. W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Okay. Okay. I'm on the hypothetical website. Okay. You could buy the most comfortable underwear, Ooh. socks, yeah. shirts, mm. undershirts. Well, no, let's not go too far. Come on. Hoodies, sweatpants, tons of other stuff. I've been all over this website. I bought a swimsuit on this website. I'm not going to lie to you. David, I have another embarrassing confession to mm-hmm. make. Amazon doesn't pay residuals on any of their TV shows. So I don't know if I can pay full price for this. I'm just a lowly regular on a TV show. A couple things I want to say to you. Sure. One, Definitely have an agent look at that contract. This that sounds bad. They don't do it for anybody. I'm telling you, this is across the board. Welcome to the streaming world, baby. I know it's crazy. actors are getting gutted. Uh, number two, how about if you got twenty percent off at MacWeldon.com? I was going to ask for nineteen, so I just have to adjust my expectations. Twenty? Yeah, I'll go for that. that yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You could get silver underwear. You could get silver shirts. That's antimicrobial. Oh, well, wait a second, silver underwear. Look, I'm not some performative showboat. I'm not going to put on silver underwear just so people think I'm a robot or a knight or something. No, but all it means is that it it, it eliminates odor. Oh, then I'm fine with that because I'm a stinky boy. They want you to be comfortable. If you don't like it, just return it, and they'll refund you. No questions asked. Okay, what if I want to? What if I want to keep it though? Then you can keep it, and you can get it for twenty percent off using promo code blank. Okay, so let me just let me plug, look, 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 look. Let me look for the promo code here. Remember when these B- were going to be short? L A N K. Well, hey, that's a dream right there. MacWeldon.com. Promo code blank, 20% off. It's that easy. Yeah, that's a dream. Yeah. But back to Lost in Space, it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> A yes. nightmare. Which is why the movie tries to be like four different things yes. and is not successful being any of them. And none of them have anything to do with what the first action sequence is, which is just no. its own little dark, gritty thing, which we then never return to. But this movie is dark and gritty yeah. in like the most lame Hollywood way possible. <laughs> what? How? It fucking kills the characters on screen. It like it, it has like weird bitey spiders. Like it's trying to be creepy. It's trying to be real. I guess maybe it's got an emo kid. Yeah. And and people objected to how dark this movie was when it came out. Yeah. I'll say another thing about it. This was an era where like if you were rebooting a previously goofy property, you had to strip all the goofiness out of it. All the intentional goofiness out of it. So like in the original, they have these like cool like silvery jumpsuits and the aliens all look like really like it's like Kobo the Carrot Man and shit. Right. And in this, all of them have like Black jumpsuits. Like, it's, like, very much of a piece with, like, the Brian Singer X-Men where right, it's, like... Brian Singer X-Men. Right. right. It, we're not going for realism. Like, it's not, like, fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey where they look like practical ships. But we're also not letting any kind of, like, exciting creative stylization... Excuse me. And I'm going to bring us back. Bubble 
and then like Later. a shark's mouth sort of wing around like it's eating the bubble and from that guns like one yes. gun right it sort of goes like this bubble fight so, yeah it's a bubble fight like a bubble fight so as we know as william hurt tells us earth's not doing so hot they built a hypergate Oh, sure. Hypergate. Hypergate to hypergate over. They spin in space now. So is this a a pre-spinning in space kind of reference? Well, can I throw out my hot take? Uh Because we're already 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 tiptoeing around it. Uh (laughs) This movie's interstellar for morons. Yeah. This movie has the exact same plot as Interstellar. It has a similar plot to Interstellar, except Interstellar doesn't have a key and thought-through element that this movie has. Blarp. (laughs) Also, <laughs> Blarp for sure, but no, the global sedition. No corn. But they talk about like, there's no food left. Ben, yeah, yeah, no, I Earth get the idea. I don't think Interstellar being, invented the idea of Earth being uninhabitable and us correct. leaving. Lost in space created it. That's my point. That no. is weirdly, global. It is weirdly, if you go back and watch the trailers, what the trailers for this movie focused on of yeah. like, the Earth is uninhabitable and now they have to and go fact, like. Yes. Save us, which like does not seem like the pitch for a Lost in Space movie, which no. is supposed to be a fun space They're adventure, not about right. like the apocalypse. Right. This family has to save humanity, but but also uh, they. I, I can't believe we're not talking about the global sedition. There's the overlap. That's they disappear. No, the they are a crucial threat. The global <laughs> sedition. Global. He's turning my mic down as I try to warn viewers and listeners. Can we? I feel like I. I know we've I already. Just started. think it's a great name, Global Sedition. I know we've already started talking about the movie, but can can the brothers Sims get into your relationship with this film yeah, for a moment? Yeah, I think it's point. important because I'm a concert of context and I need some baby. All right, Global Sedition off to the side for it. Put it on the table. <laughs> table it. I'm a whole, I'll hold it right here for you. Thank you, Ben. So I have no memory of seeing this movie in theaters. But you did see I it in theaters. Did, you did, but I was what was I nine? Uh, 1998. You were yeah. You know, you were like eight or nine. Yeah, you weren't even nine yet because this movie came out April 1998. We'll talk about the box office. It's this a movie occupies an interesting agreed. point in box office. It's history. the icebreaker. It, yes, it is. It's the iceberg. <laughs> uh, we were in New York. I remember this very clearly. Oh, okay. Uh, visiting because we lived in London. What? Wait. <laughs> you too. I I was also there. He was there as well. I really, know? he really lived in London. Only one person really grew up in London. Because right. when we moved, I was five and he was nine. Yeah. Not to derail no, your you're narrative right. you're on your right. podcast, but I think that's fair. <laughs> I think it should be spoken of. Okay. Well, well, but we were in New York. Apparently, we I were don't in New York this. visiting. I have a terrible memory. In the spring, mm-hmm. and what movie did I want to see? Lost in Space, baby. Yeah. Now our cousin Rebecca, mm-hmm. I had invited her to see it. I wanted to see it with her because I think we had been, it was some sort of family, you know, occasion. And she refused to see this movie. Why? Because Lacey Chabert was in it. I was going to guess that. Yes. Mockingly, jokingly. Rebecca, who, if I was, when this movie came out, I was uh, 12. Sure. She was probably like 15, 16. And hated Lacey Chabert because of Party of Five. Okay. Hated her so much because she was the whiny girl from Party of Five. Like, I mean, this is pre-Wild Thornberries. Uh, yeah, pre- Wild Thornberry starts up this year too. Pre Mean Girls. This is Lacey Chabert trying to make Blarp happen. She's, oh God. No, Lacey Chabert, who I want to be clear, is 100% the best performance of my favorite part of this movie. Oh, 100% uh, Penny Vision. Yeah. We're all going there. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I'll hear takes about uh, Jared Harris, but no, no, no. no. Uh, 
But she didn't want to see it because that's how much she hated Lacey Chabert. Wow. Wow. Which maybe it was just a personal preference, but when I was a kid, really instilled in me that Lacey Chabert was a very polarizing actor. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she does have a really reedy voice. She has this really intensely specific voice. Sure. She's got a dog whistle voice. Uh, and I guess uh, it really bugged my cousin. I, I like her voice, but it, it is definitely. And also this movie like filters it. You know, through like sure. a voice recording technology, so it sort of accentuates it. And this yes. movie's take on the character is: what if she was horribly unpleasant? Like, what if what- she was a, a regular twelve-year-old? Sure, I, I love it. She's supposed to be twelve in this. Fourteen, maybe. Okay, like yeah, I don't yeah. know, something yeah. like that. What do you think? Fourteen sounds. This more mission correct. sucks. Yeah. This mission sucks. This mission I feel sucks. like yeah, especially maybe, maybe for the kids. They're they're gonna be virgins for the rest of their lives, I guess. Basically, right? Because they're I mean, getting sent into space with their fucking family. I, nothing about the colonization. And anyway, I'm gonna get back. To, I'll get back. To <laughs> I that. thought of that right away. I was like, damn. That sucks, especially you're 14, you're horny as fuck. Yeah, she's horny. I yeah, like nothing, how horny she is. Nothing yeah. about bringing them along makes any sense, that but we don't sucks. have to. But that's, that's I mean, the premise that's, of the show. That's and, the premise right. of the show, and that's... That's LeBlanc's entire pickup technique. Ugh. Truly, that's what? what he keeps hitting, is like, look, I mean, it's only a couple of us. The consenting true. line? Ugh. Guys, did they guys, have guys, to? Guys, we'll right. get to that. Okay, Stop so, sidetracking us. So you see it in theaters. We saw it in theaters at the AMC Lincoln Square. Good okay. theater. It was whatever it was called back then. I think it was an AMC. I saw it at the the what's that theater called? You know the one the one two three that's on like yeah Second City Avenue. Cinemas or City over Cinemas on the east one, side. Two, yeah. Uh, it freaked you out a little bit. You didn't. You were pretty sure. little. You did not love the Spider Man. Future Smith. still freaks me out. It, it, I think it's pretty scary. It, <laughs> I think it's uh, scary, scarily badly potted. <laughs> like, I think that it is. As with many other things in this movie, at an alarming disconnect from what's around it, it's so scary looking in a movie that is theoretically for kids. That is true. It's like the design is weird. It's like, why did they go this far? And it comes out of nowhere. No one is expecting a huge Spider Man. (laughs) Like, no one thinks that's where we're going. I was expecting, like, his skin's a little different or whatever, you know, like he's got some spider bubbles on him, you know, but no, he is a. Like fifteen foot spider. That's the other weird thing about this sort movie. Of. It's like I was reading like articles from the time when it came out because this was like presented as being like a big blockbuster. It right? was a big blockbuster. And someone trying yeah. to I mean, make big-ish, like eighty million dollar budget. Right. But yeah. This, like this was one of the first cracks doing big. like a big yeah. spring blockbuster. Yes, right. Yes. 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 And New Line is in like an interesting transitional phase at this point. This is them trying to make like a huge sci-fi movie for them. Certainly. I mean, they were yeah, whatever. But um. When everyone was like, why would Gary Oldman sign on to Lost in Space? And he was like, I want to make a family film. Like, I want to make right. a movie my yes. kids could see. And I'm like, right, this is ostensibly. It like, is a family film. It in was, that it stars yeah. a family. No, I, right. Well, okay. Well, All right. right. So we see it. You were a little freaked out by Spider Guy. I sure. see it again in theaters. I saw yeah. this movie twice. In I think theaters. I saw it twice in theaters. Because I saw it again at the Park Slope Pavilion. Like, so it was all within my trip to America that I saw it. Sure. And then I bought it on VHS the minute it came out. Uh huh. Yep. And so that's where we would just watch it over and yeah, over. We again. watched it constantly, constantly. Yes. And okay. like it was back in the day, that was all we had was our VHSs. Yeah. And this is what I was trying to find with you. It was like one of those movies that we watched over and over again. And uh, this is—it's just a perfect one. I'll say this. I wanted to SWAT. We've talked about it on the yes. show. But uh, I we later, almost did SWAT. I later kind of realized, as Joe's kind of like, I think you might like SWAT more than I like SWAT. Uh huh. Or like more might more be a. Obsessed with SWAT than Joey is with SWAT. And like yeah. SWAT came out in 03. I went to college in 04. It may have been more of a college movie for me. Sure. 
I may have misattributed it to like uh, to Joey. I don't know. What do you think? Joey? I don't know. I rewatched it when we were considering SWAT. Yeah. And I uh, think SWAT is a pretty weird movie that there would have been a lot to say SWAT's about weird. it. SWAT's weird. Uh, it's sort of fun, but also quite sleepy. Um, and the cast, of course, is ridiculous. Cast is crazy. The uh, cast is almost the best thing about it. But Just we mostly it. have talked about the cast. Yes. And then, and then Joey suggested Superman Returns, which I said we can't do because we have to hold off for when we do the Podual suscasts. The po- the Podual suscasts. Our brain singer. I mean, I understand what you're trying to do. Pod and the giant cast. I don't know. Pod oh, and the no, cast. Come on, layer. that's sweaty. <laughs> I <laughs> apt pod cast. The dad. I the mostly and the cad. Mostly just wanted to argue with Griffin about Kate Bosworth. Uh, who I think is amazing in <sighs> Superman so Returns. In that movie. I think everything is amazing in Superman Returns, yes. and so does David. I think and like everything else in that movie is amazing. I, I think it's a total I think, masterpiece. I, I would have would have talked about it for way too long because it's also <sighs> so long. There's so much to discuss. Yeah, there's a lot in that movie. <laughs> but uh, then you threw out Lost in Space, and I realized, oh yeah, we've watched Lost in Space a lot. And then I realized it was on Netflix. I threw it on Netflix, and within ten minutes, I realized I knew every line to this movie, uh-huh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was slightly horrified at myself because I hadn't seen it in probably ten years. Sure. And then Joanna came home and was like, "What are you watching?" And I was Lost in Space, and she was like. I've watched this so many times oh, for well. some reason. Yes. Joanna? Yeah, I know. It's weird, weird right? Yeah, that's weird. But she used to rent it all the time. See, I don't think I ever watched it at home. I think I saw it twice in theaters. This was, there was this span from like uh, 97 to 98, early 98, right? That was big for me because um, I was not allowed to watch like most right. blockbusters, action movies, sci-fi movies, comedies. Like I'm almost super overprotective. And this was the spin where, like, the door started to creak open a little bit. And the three I distinctly remember just, like, unabashedly going, like, or the four, I would say, where I was, like, masterpiece, masterpiece, perfect, <laughs> uh-huh. were not in order, Lost in Space, yeah. Lost World Jurassic Park, Oof. Godzilla, and Batman and Robin. Okay, mm-hmm. now rank those movies now. Now? <laughs> yes. And we're talking about Roland Emmerich's Godzilla, to be clear. Correct. All four of them I thought were great because I had no context. And two of those movies were written by Akiva right. Goldsmith. I was right. going to say, the through, line, <laughs> the through line in so many of the movies that it sounds like you, but definitely yeah. me, love from those years from my childhood are is a one particular name, and that's sure. Akiva Goldsmith. But, but also at this point in time, like I hadn't seen any of the other Batman movies. I hadn't seen Jurassic Park. I hadn't seen Independence Day. Like I'm seeing the shittier versions of the movies that everyone else loved. And because I hadn't seen them, I was like, this is amazing. It's a movie with spaceships. Yeah, right, you know? right, right, right. Batman's right. in a movie? How can you <laughs> top that? And everyone's like, it's the fifth Batman movie. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, how would I rank those four today? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, it's hard to pick a number one. I think Lost World is number I one. I agree, but it's a it's a soft one. It's a soft <laughs> yeah. one. I think Lost World is number one. I think I think this is number two. I think Godzilla is number two for me. Oh God, that movie is rough. What do we know about her? <laughs> She's five hundred feet tall. Oh no, no, I'm I'm fucking up the line. The line is, what do we know about him? He's five hundred feet tall. He weighs six thousand pounds. He's storming through New York City, and he's pregnant. Is that Broderick? Yeah, I'm like <laughs> paraphrasing, but it's the line where he realizes that Godzilla is more like Momzilla. Yeah. Yeah, more like So we watch it constantly (laughs) on VHS. And the reason I mentioned this mission sucks before is that I feel like I have a memory, and I don't know if this is a correct memory, that I feel like that is the line that we would the most to sort of say back and forth at each other at random moments. And like like, our mother would not have any idea what we were talking about. We were just this mission sucks. 
I guess so. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, we had many little weird in jokes like that. It is true that this mission does suck objectively. That has been said. This, this mission, mission sucks. Does suck. It's weird that she's just realizing this, but uh, and it's a great hard cut. Uh, was the tagline for this movie "Get Lost"? Uh, that was one of the taglines okay. for this movie. Is that just such a gimme? Along with, <laughs> especially for 1998. Exactly. What a gimme. Along with Danger Will Robinson. Yeah, cool. Great tagline. Yeah, one of the best. But that was the <laughs> iconic line from the show. Uh, it was. That was like and a nostalgia also button. Launch thing. at the date. Well, fuck that. <laughs> so, so, sorry. Yeah, that's so, what I got for okay, you. Okay, so let's let's go back. <laughs> let's go back we to the talk Bubble about Fighters. the Apollo four forty theme song that plays yeah, at the end amazing. of this movie. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, uh, Bubble fighters. Bubble fighters. So we open, uh, and yeah, we're told like uh, Earth failing, hypergate, and apparently the other they built the other hypergate. What? Is, they don't explain it at all. They're going to build it when they get there. Isn't that the idea? No, that's, but the idea is that. I guess so. I guess that's they, the build, they build the other hypergate, and then the people will one. be able to jump to wherever they go, and then humanity will be saved. Am so I getting that right? The yeah, hypergate yeah. isn't even like a wormhole; it's just a navigator. Like you go through it, and it just helps you go to the right spot. Right. Okay. So they're going to build this hypergate, yeah. but unfortunately, the evil global sedition is against this hypergate. Dun, dun, Why? Dun. Why the no thing that's idea. saving all mankind? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very hard to understand what their problem is with this thing because yes. they want to go. Uh, Instead, I think it's just the fighting for who's going to colonize. I right? guess so, but like, why don't they build their own hypergate? Is that, are they trying to sabotage this hypergate while they build their own? Because hypergate? then all the I other people will then be at the planet. Well, you're they saying, want the planet. You're saying that they are trying to sabotage the mission because they want to be the ones who colonize instead of the Robinsons. Well, or whatever Robert, the Robinsons are uh, so, working on behalf. So of. they're cock blockers, is what they are. Though at the same time, there's also supposed to be this so then idea. You're saying, Hold on, hold on. That people think the world. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wait, what, 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 Griffin, what am I trying to say? You're saying the cock block. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Great. What were you I saying? Thought, <laughs> I thought I should just go right past that. Yeah, um, it was good <laughs> instinct. The oh, at the same time, there's supposed to be this idea that most people apparently think the Robinson thing is a stunt and that the planet is going to be saved. Through like environmental technology, but, right? But this is when the first real like note of Interstellar hits me is that scene where they're like, actually, what the you know, is, technologies came too late. Right. We've yes. been lying about everything. Everyone's fucked. Yeah, this that's is the when only William Hurt says that the ozone is at forty percent, which but is a line is like, I really love. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That sort of suggests that like half the Earth should just be scorched. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And People what, should be dying of cancer. Just, in this is huge dial up on the screen of like, where's the ozone at? And every now and then it like goes down. Everyone's like, oh boy, shit! <laughs> that's why we had it this month with the recycling technology. That's why I thought they chose to have the desert hologram thing because like I was yeah. just assuming the whole planet's a fucking desert for the most yeah. part. Okay, but Bubblecraft. There's a great scene of Bubblecraft. Bubble fighters. Bubble fighters. He got LeBlanc. He's Bubble Fighter One. Yeah. This Cold War just. Got hot. Uh -huh. That's the other one we would That's always say line. to each other. We would say that to each other all the time. It's Lenny James. Yes, yeah. Cold War just got hot. Like he's so good. It really. It was a cold war. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. You've built bubble fighters to deal with a war that's never happened. But then they always talk about how he's a war hero. Yes. So he fought in some war. Right. It sounds pretty hot to me. <laughs> no, but this Cold War just got hot. Do you want to hear my LeBlanc take? Yeah. Lenny so, James is just really down. Lenny James, is yeah. Lenny James has aged 
like he's de-aged since yeah, this movie. Bizarre. He seems like he's fifty-eight years old in this <laughs> right, movie. Right. He looks younger in The Walking Dead. He does, yeah, and his voice is like eighty percent less gravelly now. Right. Like what happened to it's him? It's like how like Wolford Brimley was like thirty-two in Cocoon. <laughs> Uh, yes. Do you yes. know Wilford Brimley was like forty in Cocoon? I mean, I'm I know, I little, know, yeah. I know, I know. Mike Ryan points that out a right. lot. He's when Wilford Brimley's a comically old looking person, but Wilford Brimley never got younger looking. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the point because you see him show up in like. Did you hear about the Morgans? It's like has Wilford Brimley been cryogenically frozen? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck happened? Uh, okay, here's the Lenny James had more of a Pivot arc where it's like he somehow <laughs> got younger. Sure. Here's right. here's my LeBlanc take. Yeah. yeah. They offered him this role. Apparently, it was originally Sean Patrick Flannery. Yes. What? The Boondock Saint himself. Matt LeBlanc he was, was cast, number apparently. two? These guys were number 11 and 12. I'm sorry. Let's be real. I'm yeah, sorry. Very good call. They hire Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh-huh. Then when they put them all together, they realize, or they... They decide Apparently. that they look. He looks too much like the Robinsons. He looks too he much does like have Bill the Hurt. Same, yeah. William Hurt has sort of Irish look to him. You know, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. said we need a different look. I don't so even of course, know if he's Irish. they go. Who do we get? Who do you get? The next big action star. Let's look to the cast of Friends. And of course, they offer the role straight to Matthew Perry, who turns it down. <laughs> I swear to you. No, this is that's not. That's 100 true. <laughs> that's 100 percent true. That true. <laughs> he knows this shit. IMDb. They offer it to Matthew Perry. He turned it down, and then they went to LeBlanc. That's just rude. I mean, this is also when Matthew Perry is gripped by a prescription drug addiction. Yes. So maybe he was like, "I'm 110 pounds right now. You don't want me." <laughs> but playing he also had like done a couple rom coms at this point. He done, yeah, but he's not going to play this role. No, LeBlanc of course not. Is at least like what you're looking for, right. right? I mean, so I think LeBlanc gets this role, and he goes, "Okay, this is my chance to be Harrison Ford." I know I play a shitty actor on TV right. who wants to be playing this type of role. Right. And audiences have seen me do a bad impression do of someone. Fake, but good acting. Mm-hmm. Right. Good, so bad acting. Yeah. I need to work as hard as I can to push all the Joey Tribbiani away from mm-hmm. this character, mm-hmm. which in the process makes it feel like the exact performance Joey Tribbiani That's would That's the give. thing. He doesn't say how you doing, but like he might as well be Joey Tribbiani. But it feels like Joey Tribbiani being like, no, yes. I got to be taken seriously. Yeah. Like that's the problem. If he played it more Great, like jo- Joey, thank you. It probably didn't, be it probably didn't help that he was filming Friends at the same time right. as he was filming this movie. Exactly. exactly. That's really what hampered him. But I think if he played it more like Joey Tribbiani, not the performance would be good, but it would be better than what we got where he's just in every scene being like, what's the opposite of what Joey would do? Um, but also, the dialogue is terrible. Dialogue well, is the, the dialogue. Is fucking he nightmare. saddled with night, and he saddled with the worst dialogue because yes. he has to do all these one lines. Right. That's a cold fish. I'd like to thaw. Do I have that right? You have that absolutely right. That's the cold fish. I'd like to thaw. He says to the cold fish's father. Monkey flips yep. the switch, and the monkey flips the switch. Uh, he has so many more. If this is if this is uh, what what is it? If this is a dream, why aren't there more girls? Which yeah, which he says. It has no relation to anything around it. It's <laughs> yeah. just something that they shot one day. They were like on set and they were like, Matt, can you just sit down and we're going to shoot you saying, if this is a dream, why aren't there more girls? And then we're just going to find somewhere we'll, in the movie where we can just insert that. We'll put yeah. that in because it's when they see like the time bubble. Yeah. Anyway, so he performs the daring rescue of Lenny James in bubble crap. He gives him a little love tap, but don't take this the wrong don't way. Don't take this yeah, the wrong wow. way. Hey, what, are we married now? Oh my <laughs> God, God I want to marry you, Lenny James. Look, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when's the wedding like I think they want to get married I think the central thing is he doesn't want to be ripped apart from Lenny James stop ostentatiously changing my levels (laughs) and uh, I like to yell Um, and um, and that's why he's objecting to be putting on this mission because I want to be on this mission if the earth is 
but yeah. dying. Let's get right. out of here. But he's like, you don't need a fighter. You don't need like a real pilot. Like, you need like a trained monkey. Right. Monkey flips this way. Yep. Okay. So what do we think of the first action scene? Which after which, immediately after which, like the last line is like, you know, not, hey, this no, doesn't getting, mean we're married you're now. You're not getting out of buying these beers that easy. Literally, right. the second after that line is uttered, the title sort of like swooshes across right. the screen in like a weird font that you can barely read because it's yeah. like cool. Well, and this, cool. this movie does that thing where it like, this is very Goldsmany, but like sets up the like, hey, you know, you owe me beers after this. And then when Lenny James almost dies, does the like, you ain't getting out of beers that easily. 80 seconds in between the setup and the punchline. Like that should 80 be. seconds in a daring, like, mid right. space rescue. Right. But that joke works if you set it up at the beginning and it pays off at the very end, right? Or at least an act later. But the movie, like, doesn't give you time to, like. No, it's distracted you with a bunch of gay panic humor, and then it's like, oh, we're back to the beer. Okay. Right. This cold wood just got Which, hot. The funniest of all panic humor. <laughs> Love a panic humor. Um, um, yeah, but then they just flash the title and LeBlanc saves him and everyone's like, you're you know, fucking irresponsible. You're bad. And why is it irresponsible? It it's doesn't make not. Any sense. They, they're basically <laughs> mad at him for endangering the spacecraft. He's killed the global sedition. Yeah, guess what? It also worked. Like, everything worked. The bubblecraft was, was going to fly into the hypergate. It's right. not like the bubblecraft right. was just gonna, like, die. It was like he was actively Look, stopping. David, the- David, I don't know why you need to explain this. Everyone knows <laughs> that the bubblecraft was going to crash into the hypergate <laughs> and destroy... The global sedition. Everyone knows this. Uh, so they've already bungled his introduction because he's supposed to be this crazy, like, I'm going to do my own thing guy. But he did something movie, that was complete. To that. And they commit, try to commit to that, but he never does anything to justify it. As if he has already well, proved his well, metal. Well, actually, there is stuff he does up later. The stuff but he, does later. He, he, uh, he also has weird little eye targeting. Oh, yeah. That that's, doesn't come back. No. That's just the one time. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the special effects in this scene? It looks like a PS3 game. It, it looks does. like Red Alert 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look good. It doesn't. No. But it makes me realize how good video games have gotten. It's true, because they could do this now. Right. You're, totally. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like even when it cuts to like the live action like LeBlanc element, I'm like, the rendering's pretty good where this could just be like a PS3, PS4 game. It's like the era of like now we can make like the entire battle in CG. We don't need to do models for anything. Right. And they can like get the yes. textures right, but there's no weight to anything, yeah. and the lighting's off on everything. And the design on yep. both ships are weird. Is bad. Is so bad. bad. Uh, is bad. Okay. And then, as you say, this movie just like hits the ground running and like needs to get going really, really fast. So then we cut to Doctor Hobby giving a speech about whether or not we can create love. Right. That's correct. And he opens up a woman's face, and uh, you know, and Ken Lung's uh, there. Tells her to take her shirt off, and Ken Lung's there. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's given a speech. Who cares? I don't even know about hyperspace. Uh, he's like, talking to reporters, and they're and they're covering up the fact that their pilot was murdered. That's yeah, like, right. They're like, right. what? What about his illness? And and and, uh, and the uh, general was like, oh, anyway, the, the general who is Don West from the TV show, right. I believe, he comes like, hey, please, please, no <laughs> questions about this incredibly insane mission. <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. Let's scull him off. He meets with William Hurt. I mean, with Matt LeBlanc. Right. And they and tell they him, hire him as a pilot. That, right. that his friend, who he thought was sick, has been murdered. Yeah. And that the world, which he thought was saved by recycling technology, is in fact not. Yeah. Yes. And he says we should pulse pulse blast their bases. Pulse which blast. Which tells us that apparently the uh, <laughs> we have the pulse blast technology. <laughs> we have pulse blast technology and the sedition has bases. I don't know where those bases are says, or what's going on with all that. I don't yeah. uh, Sure, let's pulse blast him. I did not pick up on that. And he also says, man was born on Earth, but he was not supposed to die here. <laughs> 
Do not go gently into that good night. Uh, Don West says all that. Yes. Uh, so he's hired. Go gently. Because William Hurt likes that he's stuck up for his friend. It's not really clear what he likes. He says exactly. he'll do after he's like, after the guy's like, so you sabotaged or you you went into to, to disobeyed an order and put technology at risk to save a friend? And he's like, yes, sir. I did, sir. Yes. And William Hurt says he's supposed do. to be like William Hurt's father is the vague idea that is not referenced that much, but is yeah. there in the movie. You mean, wait, William Hurt's supposed to be like his father? Oh, he's supposed to be oh. like sort of be akin to William Hurt's war hero father. Because they, right, because he says, like, I studied your father's battle well, techniques. This movie is also about kids who look up to dads who promise they're coming home and don't. This is true. Like. Right. Interstellar. All right, stop comparing this movie <laughs> to Interstellar. No, you could have done all. You could, right. could have done all this on the Interstellar episode when it would have been appropriate because I think Christopher Nolan ripped off this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. Also, I don't know if you know, Tars was an executive producer on this movie. <laughs> well, Blarp was an executive producer on Interstellar. I know. This is double dipping going on. <laughs> Blarp, yeah, he's a, a vice president of acquisitions at Paramount. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, okay? So now we cut back to the Robinson family. Oh, uh, we got to meet them all. Right, and here's Mrs. Kensington. Okay, just say, say, say the actors. Mimi Rogers. Mimi I'm, Rogers. I'm stealing Gerard's bit. Uh-huh. Uh, Vanessa Kensington's mom. <laughs> Stop it. She's more famous. She's famous for other roles. Mm. I haven't not seen Not recently. Yeah. Uh, not <laughs> recently. Well, she, you know what? She's, uh, she's in uh, Door in the Floor. Sure. Classic. The, uh, the, ra- the Rapture. Uh, sure. Isn't she's in Ginger Snaps, uh, which is a good movie. I, I'm sort of uh, Her father was a, a high-ranking official in Scientology, and she right. She famously Tom got Cruise. Tom Cruise into Scientology and yeah. then left Scientology and was like, Scientology's real wacky. I don't know what Tom's doing. Yep. Uh, which uh, is funny. Uh, playing one of the most thankless roles I have Truly. ever seen in this movie. She gets nothing. Nothing. She gets nothing to do in this movie. The character apparently has some kind of role in the mission, but it's never really explained. It's true. Or there are no details. The mission is five people. Three of them have seem to have no role at all. <laughs> right. Like, it's really just William Hurt and Heather Graham's show. Yeah. And Heather Graham's job seems to mostly be the cryopods. Right. William Hurt's job is the rest of it. And then it's like what they're supposed to colonize. They're a family. Yeah. What, are they going to fuck each other? Like, what is this plan? I mean, right. I don't mean to be crass, but like, Ben's kind of right. Ben's like, right. What's, what's, the, what's the plan here? You got like, William Hurt is what? 50? Big Hurt? 50, 50 at least. Mimi Rogers is around there. Heather Graham's like early 20s. Mimi Rogers like a probably late 30s a 10 year old. Right, right. I mean, what the hell is this? Like, what is, these are the people you select? Yeah, LeBlanc just going to slip that Italian salam oh. to everybody. going <laughs> <laughs> oh. to pass around the gabagool. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> There's anyway, no- yes, we're introduced to her. See, he's doing Endless my job. Bro- no Endless more breadsticks. Mon- is that what we're talking? <laughs> no about? more monkey business. No more guys, monkey business. To quote, to quote, Mimi Rogers. Uh, <laughs> your favorite quote. No more monkey business. And, and, the, and the principal that she's talking to is who is, is the uh, original, yeah. the original right. Miss Robinson. And she turned right. into a gorilla. It's very good. Gorilla with a bikini. Gorilla with a bikini. This is when you realize no more monkey business. that that Will Robinson is Dexter's lab. Yeah, he is right. He <laughs> right. is Dexter's and lab. He's the smartest little boy in the world. All he cares about is science fairs. Right, and Lacey Chabert is Dee Dee. Right, oh, right. No, but even though Will Robinson is this close to cracking time travel, the only thing he cares about is his dad showing up at a fucking science fair. Right, and his dad never shows up. No, and Lacey Chabert, who hates everything, is fourteen, mm-hmm. hates everything. Is like, she's, well, she's really mo. Right, that reminds me of the birthday messages I got for four years until I stopped getting them. 
Great job. She sounds like a Muppet. Yeah. She's awesome. She's my best friend. Her name is Penny. She has a TV show called Penny Vision that no one can watch. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, she was sort of like the she original. She has a vlog. She was yeah. the original vlogger. She's, she's recording got, her life. She's got a fucking vlog. Yeah. And it's like on her wristband. It's cool. She's it's, got a lot of like, sort of like tank top over shirt with cargo pants. That's like kind of her look. Sure. It's like a really defined like late 90s. Like, I don't know. How do you? Helena Bonham Car- Carter stole her Fight Club look from. <laughs> anyway, it's the exactly smudgy eye right. makeup. Yes. The weirdly layered. Slightly pale, like, you know, highlighted skin. hair. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah she she's kinda- a rebel. It's not clear exactly what she's doing, but the mom at one point says she's being brought home by security every night. Oh, so, right. So maybe she's, she's like, 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 fucking, a- like fighting the global sedition <laughs> herself. She like misses chocolate. She misses kissing. Oh, God. Uh, Billy. Billy. I believe is her her boyfriend. Yeah, she looks like a character that you would pick at the loading screen of Crazy Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I figured it oh, out. You know, down to yes, like the spiky yes, hair. Yes, dude. yes, yes, so yes. Twelve favorite. comedy points. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. So I love her. She's my favorite character. I wish the movie was called Penny in Space. Sure, uh, that'd be great. But no, they're all going in space. Matt LeBlanc's going to drive them. And uh, then, and then, as we're just racing through this, yeah, we really are racing through this. This is like twelve minutes, maybe. Yeah. And like the opening battle scene is like seven. Right. So, you know, <laughs> right. It's like, right. and then Gary Oldman shows up. He's in desert. He's talking to someone else who has like a really weird voice. Yeah, no, Gary Oldman in this movie is trying to serve up a plate of prosciutto. Oh, oh boy, he's trying to pretend it isn't ham. Oh, I, 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 yeah, okay, okay. You know what I'm then saying? I'm he's on like, board. Well, right, right, right. Finally, cut. it's Serrano, it's aged, right? right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Come on, it's ham. No, this is. I know ham when I know. Ham. I know this ham, is supermarket. <laughs> two days after the expiration date, ham. <laughs> because he's been doing this is, what yeah. he's done is he's taken his sandwich from his ham sandwich from the fit, fifth right. element, left it in the fridge. He's brought it out a week later, and he's like, no, 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 it's no, gourmet. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because no, because that's the thing. He's in this villain run, but all the other villains he's been doing are really big, right? Air sure. Force One, Leon, Fifth Element, right. Leon, even like his small role in True Romance. Yeah. He's going like huge cartoonish. And this he's like, let me try to just give you a touch of the ham. Let me try to be elegant. But this performance is completely bonkers. Uh, what do you think of this performance, Joe? I, I love, I love this I performance. I think he's fun. Purely, I think he's amazing. Uh, whether intentionally or not, it feels like he is just commenting on how terrible this movie is and how he's just trying to make the very best of it that he can. I agree. And this That's is the fair. best character from the original show and the best performance in the original show. Jonathan Freeman, I believe is his name. Yeah, who was like, like not even supposed to be the star of the show and he right. kind of just broke out because right. he was like, oh, I hate families. You know, right. and everyone was like, this guy's who I want. <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> even get it. But, but this but, might make some weird decision because with that, it was like, oh, he's... nattering nincompoops. Right, it was right? like... There's a lot of alliteration. If right? I remember correctly, and I haven't watched the show in forever yeah, yeah yeah but if i remember correctly he was like secretly the like turncoat within the group he was always like a sure. risk this movie they know he's the villain from minute one yeah, they do yeah, the whole do. movie is just a question of how to deal with him i know they should kill him right they should fucking airlock him but that's they, the thing that's, in right? the original like, series i believe they just hire him as the doctor and they don't know that the doctor on the ship hates them I thought he sabotaged them. Like I think the original series no, has a very does. similar premise to that. But this. I'm saying they bring him on I, and then I he sabotages what you're them. Saying. I believe. I what you're saying. Well, he's sense. supposed to be the doctor on this ship. Uh, no, he's not. No, he they Well, he's not supposed to be on the ship. He's not supposed to be on the ship, right. but he he did invent 
the cryo technology. Right. They mention right. him. Which is why he has access and yes. is able to do whatever. But he's being paid by the Global Sedition. Can I can I just do a quick merchandise spotlight? What? Yeah. So there were a lot of toys for this movie. It is very toyetic. Right. Uh, a lot of elements. Like, they all came with fucking spiders that did different things they, or whatever. And also, I mean, the designs were so good. I mean, how do you not capitalize on suits. this? All these suits. Cryo suits. Yeah. Proteus suits. <laughs> sure. Um, the, ship, the ship looks kind of cool. There, there is. There, I want to get to the ship because I have a lot of feelings about it. I do agree with you. There were three different Smiths that were produced, uh-huh. which is weird because it's like rarely he's just a guy, right. and he's the villain of the movie. Well, he's one of the Smiths, the Spider Smith. One of them's the okay. Spider Smith, right. which they packaged with a covering over it so you couldn't see. Like there was like a spoiler box. Sure, right. Where it was just called Future Smith, and you didn't know what you were buying. Okay, then one Smith is just like Smith in the black jumpsuit. But the one I want to get to is an action figure from this scene, which feels like a weird thing to make a toy out of, and it's called Sabotage Action Dr. Smith. <laughs> when he's got his little, like, box that he does yeah. sabotage with. And you're like, what's the sabotage action? No action feature. It's not like there's, <laughs> like, some fucking sabotage action he does. They're just, they tried to make it sound exciting. It's just him in, like, a maroon jacket. And sure. it's called Sabotage Action Dr. Smith. All right. Thank you. No more merchandise. That was the spotlight. I finished it. <laughs> Turn him down now. <laughs> that was the spotlight. <laughs> no, go, go ahead, Jason. I don't recall if he's supposed to be a believer in the sedition. I don't no, think he is, I right? He just, just wants to make a lot of money. Yeah. Whoever, whoever's uh, the right price, right? For the right price, he'll join any side. That's kind of the well, thing. Well, that's his right. whole monologue that he right. gives when he's been uncovered, where he's like, I see the world differently from everyone else, yeah. you know? You don't remember that monologue. He's taking the red pill. <laughs> he is a bit of a red pill. Yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. Uh. Yeah. To give my regards to oblivion. That's something he says. Uh. Never fear. Smith is here. He says a lot. And like the movie. It, in some ways, the movie doesn't. Once they're on. Once they're off adventuring after they have defeated right. the, his plan. In some ways, the movie never really, again, figures out what to do with him. But I still yeah. think he's amazing because I think Oldman is just so good. And he takes <laughs> he's his, got these that scene with Will at the end that's amazing. When well, in the chamber, that's like. Right. Where he's, he you mean where he's like talking that, where, him over to giving him the gun or. Yes. Yeah. With that like amazing composite shot over his shoulder. Oh, there's a fucking split diopter shot. Yes. Yeah. Which I was like, damn. Like, <laughs> I missed Hopkins. those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in all of those, he just. Does wonders with this horrible Cuba Goldsman dialogue, with the, which the rest yeah, of them have no idea what to do with. Matt LeBlanc has no idea what He's to do with. Yeah, Goldman is like, Goldman so is like, I know, it. I okay, yeah, exactly, I get yeah. it. Here's you, here's what you need, and here it is. Right, he's been here before. He's like, oh, I find myself in this river again. Great, yes, right. so I can handle this. <laughs> so he, whereas he, like William Smith right. is like, no, I mean William Hurt, like <laughs> I will escape. He climbs into the vents and tries to sabotage the ship, which he does. But then they electrocute him because they're like, fuck you. Yeah, they just sort of leave him on there to die. And they burn this sense. thing onto his hand. Yeah. They think he's dead. But yep. then after the Robinsons get into their cryo chambers and go to sleep, after. LeBlanc tries to slip after the, the gabagool. And after the monkey flips the switch. The monkey, the monkey flips the switch. Flip the switch. So the Jupiter 1 is like this big launcher. It yeah. launches the yeah. thing. It goes into space and it splits apart. And then we got Jupiter I love, 2. I love that. Yeah. I love it too. That's the shit I love. That's, That's the kind shot. of thing yeah. that movies like this do that I just love so much. Yeah. That like that the, the whole takeoff sequence with the guy at the like control yeah, room who's like, like you've you never seen before and never seen again. Go on your command. But apparently he's like Major West's best friend, even though yeah. we've never seen him before. He probably I should be you. Lenny James. That might have made more yeah. sense, yeah. but whatever, it doesn't matter. Sense. This launch sequence uh, <laughs> just got hot. <laughs> 
And then you have that reveal, which I guess is a reference also to the original show, but I don't even know is that. It? Is it? Is that the idea that the old one looks more like their ugly ship from the TV show I and then it so. like breaks apart and it looks yes. cool and yes. modern? Yes, yes. Which uh, they do the opposite well, the, thing with the robot. The Lost in yes. Space ship is a flying saucer. Right. It's, just it's a, like yeah. a literal flying saucer. Right, right, right. right, right. right. The Jupiter 2 in this movie kind of, I decided, looks like it looks like a Ford Escort from like 1998. Like, <laughs> oh, I have a all, different take. It's all rounded, you know, like they're just no edges at all. I think it looks like a certain era of Sony Walkman. Yeah, it looks like a Walkman. <laughs> Remember that? That's when the they same started thing. doing like colored Walkman, like right, or like a Motorola plastic. Pebble, you know, where they were just like, <laughs> they were just like round. It's all, everything should be round, just yeah. like blobs. Everything looks like a blob. Like, but I Cool blob, I had a metallic you know? blue Walkman that looked just like the <laughs> Jupiter too. But it's just, and, and it's, I think it's just what happens to cars at that time in the mid nineties where they're like, no more edges round. Like, yes. And, uh, I, I love the design of the Jupiter too. I actually like the sets of the ship. They're a little sterile, Uh huh. but like, I think it looks okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it looks there, okay. It's nice to see a set in any That's what I was going to say. It's cool that it's yeah. a this, set. This movie has a lot of sets. Of, like, really I miss fancy big sets. sets. Big yeah. for real sets. It has this a couple ship. matte paintings. Like, okay, so yes. this was the Discman I had. Yeah, that, is, that looks that exactly looks like the Jupiter like, 2. And I remember right? that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll tweet it, but yeah, we'll tweet be, it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that thing. That was my guy. That was my main guy. I was yeah, listening to Appetite for Destruction on that dude every day. Ding dong. Ben. Uh, no, I'll, I'll get it because I need to go to the bathroom okay, as okay, well. Okay, okay, right, good. Walk out as I'm opening the door. Uh, harumph, harumph, harumph. Uh, hello, sir. Uh, hello, you may not recognize me because, uh, well, the follicles of my face have grown out some. Perhaps you recognize my famous mustache, but not the whiskers on my chin, the sides of my face. Uh, I gotta say, I'm not really picking up on who you Usually are. It's just sure. the mustache, uh, the famous hey, mustache. The mustache. Uh, Wait, are you Inspector Huku Poirot? No, I'm not. I appreciate <laughs> that was not a bad guess. He has the most famous mustache in the biz. I'll give you a hint. Uh, do not pass go. <laughs> You're Mr. Moneybag. Rich Uncle Pennybags. <laughs> Is hey, what is your actual name? I always forget. Rich Uncle Moneybags. Pennybags is my nickname. Uh, okay, well, how are you doing? Uh, well, I have a bit of a problem. Uh-huh. So you see the whiskers on the other areas of my face, my chin, my cheeks, my sides. You've got a, a lot of hair on your face. I want to keep saying. that mustache nice and trim and neat. So you're looking for perhaps an amazing shave? Well, but here's the issue. Yeah. My budget for the shave is $1. Okay, well, can I tell you about my Dollar Shave Club razor? You have to understand, a man does not become as rich as I am paying, what, a million, two million dollars a shave? Okay. You have well, to be fiscally conservative when it comes to your shaves. Okay. Dollar Shave Club, which you may or may not have heard of. It's only one dollar. No. What? They make products for your hair, for your face, for your skin. Well, I'm bald. I don't need when that. When you're in the shower, well, you have a little... Well, a little tufts on your head. I never shower. I'm bathed. Anything bathed you need. by the dog. You know the dog token? Yes. I don't want to uh, copyright infringe, but yes. I know the dog token. You don't want to go down this alleyway? <laughs> uh, yeah, Ben, how you doing? Okay, look. Um, I'm slapping the saw buck down on the table. Tell me what I can get for this dollar. Well, uh, I think a saw buck is more than one dollar, but yes. Um, uh, oh, it's it money. It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> don't say the word. Cut that up. Yeah, I got it. Um, uh, it's uh, all their own original stuff. Oh. They use their own premium ingredients. Mm. They deliver it to you. 
In a thimble? A, a little tin thimble? Sometimes. Uh, it's more in a box. The bo- I got a box. But is that box delivered by an old-timey race car? Sure. It means you don't have to get in your old-timey race car to go to the store. Ah. You don't have to go to the drugstore and like walk around being like, how? Like, what the product do I need? They just give Wearing it all my for my metal you. top hat. It's heavy. All right. Heavy lies the metal top hat. All right. Listen, Mr. Uh, Pennybags. Yes, Rich Uncle Moneybags. Pennybags is my nickname. Sure. I want you to <laughs> love Dollar Shave Club as much as I do. If I only have to spend a dollar, I'm in. So I've arranged for you to try the first month of their best razor, which you'll get. You get the, the shaver and you get the razors. Okay. The replacement razors come. Okay. Along with travel-sized versions of shave butter, body cleanser, and yes, you won't see this coming, even butt wipes. For five dollars, how, how did you know? After that, replacement I have the dirtiest just... butt in the business. How did, David, how did you know what a mitzvah you've done for me? After that, replacement cartridges ship for just a few bucks a month. It's the DSC starter set. I mean, at this point, I'm fine. If, if they can clean my butt, I'm down for anything. You get it for five dollars exclusively at Dollar Shave Club. Okay. Dot com slash check. Well, you know what? I, That's dollarshaveclub.com slash check. But, but David, I've just met you. How can I believe you? What do you know of these products? I've gotten these products. They've delivered me the razors and, and the replacement cartridges and all this stuff. And I love using it. Oh, my shoots and ladders. It came right to my door. Wow. In a tiny little box. Yeah. In the butt wipes. Yeah. It's the, you know, the whole package. How does your butt smell now? After you get the DSC starter set, your butt smells pretty good. Hey, now. <laughs> hey, now. For being such a good friend... Doing such a kindness for me. Uh, here, here's five hundred dollars. Keep the change. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Mister Pennybags. Oh, I- money, obviously, so it doesn't. Count. Oh, it's not even worth it anymore. again. <laughs> but what were you going to say, Ben? I was going to ask for some money too, but oh, that's fine. Here's two thousand dollars. Wait, he gets two thousand. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Anyway, it's from the game of life, though. Look, so guys. It doesn't really matter. It look- <laughs> All right, so just go to dollarshaveclub.com/slash/check. Mm. Yes. Five bucks a month. Replacement cartridges will ship for a few bucks a month after that. You get a whole package. Uh, and my mustache will once be returned to its b- glory, its spotlight on my face. Uh, okay. You've gotten me out of popomatic trouble, one could say. Hey, Griffin. How are you doing? Oh, good. I just had a good pee. What's, oh, God, what stinks in here? <laughs> All right. See you it's later, my Mr. Butt. Pennybags. I'll see you later. My stinky butt. <laughs> um... So, yeah, they build all these cool sets. But given the fact that they had all this money and they could build all these huge sets, I think it it feels somewhat overwhelming, uh, um, under underwhelming. It's a given little, if yeah. you had all of that space, because most of the space on the ship there's just nothing. It's true. There's yeah. a yeah. lot of one console, <laughs> right? That it's everything true. happens at with really stupid looking chairs. But it's also not then, like that was a deliberate design aesthetic. It's not like they were going for a sparse minimalism. It's just like they ran out of shit. <laughs> I know they just they only had a certain number of ideas. Right. The chairs also go up and down at one right. point. You're and that's right, pretty the, much it. The chairs are a little weird because they have these like tubes. That's sort of like, you know, rest on the back of your head. These uh-huh. weird sort of like beetle shell I would I would argue it's one of the least active, like someone at the controls I've ever seen in a movie. I feel like n- yeah. there's no steering wheel. There's one there's scene where Matt LeBlanc has something that he right, sort of right tilts up and down. It's it suddenly just, appears. Before that, when they want to go forward or back or shoot things, he just like taps a button yeah, in the yeah. way that I would tap my iPhone. Like, he's putting in that much effort. It's and insane. the monkey flips, flips the, the switch. switch. Yes, yes, we all know it it's is. the iconic All right, so, the but phone. they're all yeah. in cryosleep. Robot wakes up. 
Uh-huh. Now, I love the design of robot because it's like, what if a robot was bad? It sure. looked shitty and was stupid and it looked bad. And also, <laughs> I know you're talking about design, but in terms of characterization, their take is, what if a robot had zero chill? <laughs> no chill. Sabotage ship. Sabotage ship. Destroy. Kill Robinson. Kill Robinson family. He has to announce everything that he's doing. Gary Oldman. How else would we know? <laughs> How else would we know? I know. He's very subtle otherwise with his four arms that shoot electricity, but like two yeah. main ones. It's like, what if there's like a robot torso with arms, right? And like a head. But then he's on top of like more arms. What and, lies and, beneath? Rated R. <laughs> playing at AMC Village Seven. He's voiced by the original robot guy, right? Yes. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. Dick Tuffield, Mr. Movie Phone's dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he destroys things for a while, but then they wake up and they. There's one really weirdly brutal scene. Where he's going to electroblast uh, the girls. Sure. And Mimi Rogers is clutching Lacey Chabert to her like bosom and saying, yeah. look away, baby, look away. Which rough. is like not something they need to include in this scene. No. You know what I mean? And immediately that's when Will is Dexter like. comes out with his He's like, a robot, and, yeah. obey me now. You know, right. like, and uh, saves the day. But like, that's a, a quite a note to put in there at the last second of that action right. sequence. So they all wake up. Sabotage has been done. Dr. Smith is there. He's got sedition burn on his hand. Now that Oldman is awake and he realizes the sabotage ship would kill him. Right. All he he cares about is his own life. But he's got the fucking thing and then they immediately realize he's a piece of shit and he fucked this up. But Judy's chamber won't open. So he's like, you've got to make a choice. Right, 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 right. right. And he's like, give me your words as an officer that you won't kill me. And then, and then meanwhile, while all that is happening, they're also careening into an enormous sun. They're careening into the sun. So they use the hyperdrive to go through the sun. Yes. Because the hyperdrive, as we've been told in William Hurt's detailed lecture. Where are we going? Anywhere but here. It, right. If you don't have the hypergate, then you just end up somewhere. Right. Uh, so they don't want to waste it, but LeBlanc is like, trust me on this one. Let's talk about Heather Graham for a little bit. Sure. Her role in this char- in this movie, her character's function is to be the stickler, to be the pro. Right. She's, uh, yeah, she's sort of the uh, the data of the next generation or whatever. It is one of the least convincing depictions (laughs) of authority I have ever seen. I mean, her one job is to go, oh shit, you gotta listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. And every scene she kind of shrugs off like, well, it looks like her gas is pretty low. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a year off of um, Boogie Nights. That's uh-huh. in 97. New Line was trying to make her a star. Like, she had these three right. big she's New Line She's in Austin movies. Powers, which is New Line Comes the out the following year. year, yeah. And she's in Bowfinger the next year. Which is and one of only two good performances she's given, I would argue. with Boogie Nights? Yeah, I think Boogie Nights and Bowfinger are the two good performances playing essentially the same character. And, uh, you know, she had been around for a long time. Like, she yes. wasn't young. I no. mean, she, she was born in 1970, so by this movie, she's already, you know, she's 28. Yeah. But she's just breaking out. And uh, after Bowfinger, I would say that's the end of Heather Graham as a serious star, right? Yeah. Like, it never even begins. Yeah. Like, no, she name, had a, a there's couple no big shots. Yeah. More opportunities than she probably should Yeah. Have. Right. Because, like, <laughs> after this, she gets, like, From Hell, The Guru. She's in Anger Management. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. You know? And then, like, the it's like, it, uh, as quickly as it has, she's on Scrubs for right. like a season. And then Hangover was like a quote unquote comeback. But then oh, yeah. once she had that platform, everyone was like, oh, right, she wasn't very good. And yeah. of course, Emily's reasons why not. 
right? Uh, canceled after like 40 minutes of its first episode. Pretty but much. she was one of those weird examples where I feel like when people saw her in Boogie Nights, they were like, oh shit, is she an amazing actress? Because that performance is so specific. And it was right. like, and it's like, no, oh, she's no, just a this good fit just, for the role. Right. right. She fits this one thing well and she can't play anything else. She can play sort of like very naive, you know, like, uh, Optimistic, but she's also like this cute girl that Will uh, Matt LeBlanc, not Will, yeah. uh, wants to uh, make out. That's that's her other quote unquote role, right? Fish. Right. That's pretty much she's supposed all to she gets deliver technical to exposition yeah. and reject kisses. That's all she's supposed yeah, to. She do. rejects yes. at least three kisses, yes, constantly with a different sort of quip each time, and they right. get worse each time. And then when uh, she finally does, when kiss he's him. when she's told that he's a war hero, she says, uh, "Who was it who said that those who can't think fight?" Which means she's insulting him for being a war hero, which right. is sort of weird, yeah. right? Which is weird. <laughs> and then she says, "Complete the quote." I think I that think, it was me. I think that it was me. It's like you're quoting yourself <laughs> in question form. <laughs> You 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 didn't didn't remember remember saying that? So they don't even write good rejections for her, and they just play out that beat of like him being like, "You should make out with her," and her yeah. being like, "No," is played out like five times over the course of the movie. Yeah, he, he's like, "What is. if we made out?" And she's like, "No," and he's like, "Great." And like twenty minutes later, he's like, "How about now?" Uh, it's only the two of us. Do you want to do it? And she's like, "No, no thanks." Okay, no, because I brought it up earlier, and I want to just speak on it very quickly. He points out that they are the only two single consenting adults yes. which is to mean <laughs> it's a little creepy he might he's have thought about sex with him or move on or the, the little boy he might fuck well that's crazy or the danger well or the robot <laughs> can the robot consent I don't know he does seem to have a consciousness of sorts well also if he wasn't into it everyone on the ship would know about it no I do not want to fuck you hard pass Don West Put your penis back in your pants. <laughs> throws him like across the giant empty set. <laughs> so, how I, I wish I had actually clocked how much time everything we just discussed is. I think fifteen because minutes. We've been talking for an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. Oh god! This, but like this happens, right? They hyperspace now, and yeah. now they are lost in space. So, okay, right? so now all the pieces are on the board. Now the movie can really kick into gear, right? That's then, what it feels yeah. like I, should happen. I check the running time. I'm like, there's like an hour and a half left? Or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, no, I don't remember much more of this movie. <laughs> and then this movie just like goes from like four different extended set pieces that also have a lot of plot in them. Yes. But the plot is kind of like... That's what I'm saying. Shit. It is kind of four movies, but they're all these like... So, because like, all right, so they blast into this new part of space. Mm -hmm. They've never uh -huh. been there before. We're lost, aren't we? This mission sucks. Correct. Boys, kissing, Billy. I'm just doing Penny's lines. Right. Um, and, and what else is happening? And then, yeah. Nothing. And then they pretty quickly find the, like, a hole in time, space. A hole in space. Immediately. Right. So the movie gives almost no time for like regular adventuring before it's like, we're going to get into this time travel stuff. It's which a time is like, everyone's movie. like, what? What? We're but doing this? I also love how they're like, <laughs> it's like a hole in space just appeared in front of us. This ship is weird. It's, it's like abandoned, but it's so futuristic. It takes them that an video, hour to he figure looks so it out. No, I really want to finish this all because there's so much. <laughs> yeah. The video's old. How did they get here? We've only been missing for a day. Yeah. They leave the ship. They blow up the ship. They arrive on another planet. They basically <laughs> see themselves. Yeah. And then William Hurt says, 
I think time travel might be involved. And Matt LeBlanc's like, I mean, that's a little, I don't know. That's that's a little wacky. Let's chill out. The entire movie, that's not really theoretically possible. The entire movie, Dexter's been like, eh, I'm like one piece away from time travel. I've got like, he's got like a Lego set in front of him. Right, yeah. yeah. Is it a screw? Do I need a lug nut? What is, I'm so close to time travel. And now they keep on hitting this thing really Hard. What eventually tries to like establish itself too late as the emotional backbone of this movie, which is the dad never showed up to the science fair because now, when he is, reprograms the robot. It's pretty radical for a science fiction film like this to have like a father son relationship uh, be the central emotional focus of the movie. I think that's really wild. That's never happened in a movie before. <laughs> and that's why Jonah Nolan came in and said, What if father daughter? Right, Joey, go ahead. You want to say something? <laughs> no, I mean, we don't care. The kid is. He is, sucks. He's kind of sucks, and he's just kind of annoying. If I was his dad, I wouldn't show up to anything. Uh, and <laughs> that's all I have to say. About I think that. I spend, think when we start that's spending, a bingo, right? There. The movie yes. starts spending a lot of time on it, yes, and a lot of time on their on their crap. And no, we don't. We we definitely do not care. And then the whole finale of the movie hen, ends up hinging on it. I also. I think it ends up being kind of mean because it's like he keeps on talking about like I love Will so much I can't figure out how to let him know. Doesn't really care about Judy or Penny. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Or like, his wife. He clearly does care about Judy, right? Because she went a, into the family business and they're working on this project together. Great. He cares about her in the same way that like Donald Trump cares about his kids who work for yes, him. Yes, exactly. Judy is the Ivanka this movie. I can't respect Penny you until you make money is, from me. Is like they uh, no one Tiffany. acknowledges Penny. She's yes, she's Tiffany. Tiffany. <laughs> like, does anyone Will talks to Penny a little bit? Matt LeBlanc has one line where he winks at her. That's it. No one talks to Penny. That's why she's this got movie. Blarp. She's yeah. got Paul Blarp. Yeah, she got right. Paul Blarp. Mall Blarp. <laughs> I don't know. So they go through the hole in space, right? And they go onto this ship. I it's so what it's futuristic. Called. The Proteus. Oh, I've never seen. It's a like ship a like big that. line. Or okay, something. so IMDb trivia fact: Throughout both the writing of the film, did you see this one? I saw this one. <laughs> Throughout both the writing of the film and the entire production of the film. They couldn't decide on a name for the ship. Uh-huh. So anytime anyone says the Proteus, it uh-huh. is either said off camera. Right. Or you see the actor say ship and they <laughs> dub in Proteus. This movie has a ton of really well, bad we'll janky. One performance we'll is 100% really one. ADR. But I feel like a lot of Wait, old Which performance is 100%? Jared Harris does not do one of oh, his Oh, lines. yeah, he does. It's true. It's true. Yeah. But I feel like uh, Oldman at the beginning weirdly has a lot of ADR. Like they couldn't yes. decide how much. Because by the end of the movie, he's doing a pretty straight impression of Dr. Smith. Yes, 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 yeah. And in the beginning, it's this weird other thing. A lot of ADR in this movie. A lot anyway, of ADR the Proteus, in a name they didn't decide on until two weeks before the movie came out. They get onto the Proteus. They beard. find the message from uh, <laughs> Lenny James. From Lenny James. He's like, I still owe him that for, beer. For years. <laughs> And, of course, the main function of this sequence is to introduce the most important character in the Blarp. movie who we have already referenced, who is Blarp. 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 And I mostly chose this movie so that I could have a chance to say Blarp a lot. Blarp. Blarp. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what... Uh, we should say attached to the Proteus is an alien ship, which we, we don't know. Is full that where, of spideys. Is that where the spiders came from? One right. assumes Presumably. It's either where the spiders came from or where Blarp came from. Right. <laughs> or, or both. both. Sure. Blarp's the spider. I don't know. Give birth to Blarp. So we meet Blarp and Blarp fucking sucks. Blarp's a big a big asshole. He's a <laughs> space monkey. He's an asshole. He looks like Crash Bandicoot with big eyes. Right. Like, he, he's made out of clouds. Like it's it's the least <laughs> substantive CGI creature in a, a live well, action. This is like you were saying this is in the CGI period where they were like they had this new technology and we were like, yeah, we can make a whole character with CGI, but they could not. Yeah. They shot no. but they the try. movie. 
They shot the movie with a, with puppet, a fucking yes. puppet. Oh, they did? And there's one scene when it's like Judy and Penny like checking out Blarp on the medical table where you're seeing all over Blarp's shoulder and it's a physical Blarp. Like the back of his head, his arms are physical and it looks pretty good. Anytime Blarp is in a scene, he looks like he's made out of like a fucking like sticker. Like he looks like a shiny (laughs) hologram sticker. He looks like a screensaver. Yes. Yes, he does. He does. He He looks like clip art. (laughs) (laughs) He's a, he, he also doesn't make any sense because they just find Blarp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on this ship, he's like hiding in the hydroponics. He changes bay. colors. He's in he, the hydroponics. He like bay. changes colors like one time. Right. He's not even good at that. Yep. Everything else on this ship is dead and people. He burps. he burps. He does burp. Which is why they call him Blarp. Uh, Blarp. He says it like that. And uh, but there's also spiders. The spiders. CGI spiders who look about as good as Blarp. Can I say something about Blarp? <laughs> you, really? We, like, let's just do an hour let's on just Blarp. Stick to Blarp. <laughs> Blarp talk. <laughs> I I. I have talked about uh, how, how prolific a doodler I am, how I, uh-huh. how I like to doodle a lot in high school, especially yeah. when I was a bad student. I would just like work on very complicated, like weeks-long doodles. Uh-huh. I spent a week in high school making a poster for my dream movie, which was Alien versus Predator versus Freddy versus Jason versus Terminator versus RoboCop versus Team Wolf versus Back to the Future I hate you. versus that thing from Lost in Space. I put Blarp in there. Sure, sure. He's on, he's in the Pantheon. And my poster was the Predator ripping Blarp in half. <laughs> well. It was everyone else like around him, but Blarp was just being ripped in half by a Predator. Blarp doesn't seem to have a lot of defenses outside of uh, changing colors. I hadn't watched Lost in Space in years at that point. I liked it when I was a child, but I still remembered hating Blarp. Like, yep. Blarp is such a shoehorned in, like, we need, like, a cute well, thing that the kids like, right? Well, but then, but then we discovered this morning part of the reason, the idea of Blarp, when we discovered those deleted scenes, which now it suddenly makes a lot more sense. We'll get to that, but at least the way it plays out in the movie, because they cut all of that, well, let's say, is that Blarp is just Penny's friend, right. basically, because Penny has no friend, because as we've already Penny. covered, right. all the characters ignore her. Now, they do. Um, and so she gets Blarp, and then that's pretty much it for Blarp. One could but, say she gets Blarped. She gets Blarped pretty hard. They Blarp her real bad. But there's like a 12-minute deleted scenes reel, which is all pretty much this one subplot. Yeah. And the one piece, the beginning of this deleted scenes reel is the extended version of this scene where they go, well, where did he come from? There must be more from his species. Sure. Okay, so that's their little tease. Okay, so you're saying there's a bunch of deleted scenes. I didn't watch them. Did you guys like watch them on YouTube or yeah, something? They're on YouTube. They're and in the sequence, apparently it's supposed to be intercut with the whole... You know, darkest timeline sequence. sequence. It is the darkest Uh, timeline. That's exactly what that whole sequence is. Was going to be the ladies who, as it ended up, are just disappear from the movie for that whole part. Mm -hmm. Go out into the woods because Blarp runs out and they run out after Blarp. Yeah. And they find a larger creature. In a cave. uh, Who is also friendly like Blarp. Big Blarp. A huge future Blarp. fucking Blarp who turns out to be future Blarp. They realize it's future Blarp. The, I, and lo- then, I love this. <laughs> Why isn't this in the movie? It's humongous. It's practical. It's a, it's a big puppet. rubber Blarp sitting in a this. cave. It looks horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's. And they're like, is this Blarp's mom? Is it Blarp's dad? And they realize it is Blarp himself it's from Blarp the darkest the timeline. It's a fat Blarp who ate too much and John Goodman himself <laughs> to a cave. <laughs> oh, I'm seeing. Um. Cause it, you know how he I doesn't look anything like Blarp. Well, he looks like a D and D character. But it's because he's a puppet, and no, they I know. ended up doing Blarp with CGI, which is one of oh, the reasons yeah. why they had to cut all yeah. this. Do you know how I Weird. like started searching Weird. for this deleted scene reel? No, no, how? I went back and watched the trailer. 
because I was like, I remember being really pumped from the trailer, and the mm. trailer has a shot of Judy touching Big Blarp, and I was like, what, what the fuck, fuck is that? that? Creature <laughs> and that was not like, in the movie. right? I just googled like Blarp deleted scenes. Are there other deleted? And scenes? And so that well, the one more very important one is that. Well, they keep on cutting back to the cave. It would have been intercut with the darkest timeline stuff. With when the boys are being boys, the girls would have been blarping, right? <laughs> because as it we is, from now on need to refer to on this podcast like female characters having nothing to do with getting blarped. <laughs> getting blarped. <laughs> yes. No, because there is a section of this movie where the the three female characters do nothing for forty minutes and just disappear until the end. Uh, they're they're just the, sitting on the ship waiting. Apparently. Right, and in the darkest timeline, they are dead. Like we see right. their graves. Right, but. Right. Right. What they were doing right. was bonding with Big Blarp, right? <laughs> and at the end of the movie, when the movie ends really abruptly out of nowhere, we're just like, let's keep traveling. And then it yeah. just like cuts to credits. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Penny was supposed to go, they were supposed to go like, what's that noise? Mm-hmm. And then Penny's supposed to be like, um, now don't freak out. <laughs> Oh and the doors rise oh up boy. and Big Blarp comes in and they like oh. take their guns Both on their right to shoot it. And they're like, it's Blarp. It's Blarp from the future. And then they all laugh and go and like, oh, like, Blarp. Oh. And it's like, oh, now they're all going to be on this ship with Big Blarp. That was supposed to be the ending of the movie was Big Blarp. That's the stupidest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. I like it. <laughs> Ben's on board. I like it too. That I would like bump it. it up to like three stars. I mean, look, David, I'll say, you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch these scenes. You had to be there. But on the Proteus, there are spiders. Spideys. The main villain of the movie, I guess. Yeah, they came with yeah. all the toys. They can eat metal. Yes. And that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Right? There's, a lot of, there's a lot of them. They eat their wounded. There's yes, a lot of them. That's a big part. They, oh, and they, at this bite, point, they slash Gary Oldman. Like Will has totally right. reprogrammed robot, and now robot is remote controlled, has no yeah. intelligence of its own. And he, Will is using an iPad to control him right. until he needs to go into action mode. And Big Hurt's mm-hmm. like, not bad. I love you, son. But he doesn't say it to him. He says <laughs> it to the robot. William, <laughs> William Hurt delivers every single line like he's being choked. Well, like my, my, the line I really want to hit, which is right at the end of the movie, is when he tells Matt LeBlanc they can't like escape the planet. He's like, no, we have to go deeper <laughs> through the planet's core. And he says it like he's Lear. Like, he, I'm like, he, he, I, me and Charles looked at each other with like, uh, like embarrassment. And look, like, he's, he's a fine actor. He's like a wonderful actor. And we've talked about him before in the show. We will talk about him again. Mm-hmm. One, one could say this is a sequel to Kiss of the Spider Woman because Gary Oldman gets a kiss of the spider. <laughs> he does. There is that weird scene. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Where he French kisses a spider. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's another deleted scene where William Hurt falls in love with Spidey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Spidey number 12. Yeah. Uh, so they get off this ship. They get off the Prote and then um, Le- LeBlanc has his weird shield mask. He has the shield mask which his does armadillo nothing. mask. Serves no, serves no purpose, but it looks cool. But it's a big money shot in the trailer. Yes. Another merchandise spotlight. I remember them making. Do you remember when like they used to make like plastic mugs of like the head of a character? Mm-hmm. Like you drink out of like Batman's head. Mm-hmm. I remember one that was Matt LeBlanc's like head <laughs> with the mask over it. <laughs> okay. Well, and, yeah, and it appears in the movie for like 10 seconds. And that's I, what I wanted to get to is the metal mask. That's what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about now. No, I love this. And I remember that being on clearance at FAO Schwartz for like five years. Like I remember 2003 you could still get a two dollar. If someone like, wants to send that to me I'll gladly accept it. I'm gonna find a picture of the mask. I Talk remember the mask. on the, the VHS we had Joey did not have the deleted scenes but did have some sort of making of feature that you yes. could watch and it had like it was like Blarp was a lot of it. You sure. know a lot of talk about how they made Blarp. 
Yeah, probably some robot talk. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, Jar Jar is a disaster, but it is crazy how just a year later, Jar Jar looks a lot better. A than lot Blarp. better. I mean, like Jar Jar is a, a world ahead of Blarp. Jar Jar. At least like exists in the same physical space as the main actor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. But the other thing is, they really hit home how cool it was. <laughs> Why? We're looking at it. It looks like nothing. <laughs> it does look like they had they had so much on how they did the CGI of the metal sprouting out of the back of his suit and then he like turns around as it like yeah, envelops yeah. his head. Which I guess was a complicated CGI shot for nineteen ninety eight. I'll say this. We like I think he looks kind of cool. Like I think it's a cool idea. We like, did, he has a bat yeah. suit. Yeah. We do that gag on the tickle because the same thing happens with my helmet. Right. You've got you've that's true. You've got a CGI helmet. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is to do those shots. How do you do them? It's so tough. Because it gets into all these specific things of like your hair and your face and like Yeah, and then they have to paint moving. dots on your face and you have to repeat the same action five times. And then with me it's like I have to like swipe it off, so I have to like run my hands over where the helmet would be. But if right. I actually touch anything, then it fucks it up. Right. I hated it. So there you go. I think like no one should ever make a TV show. And, and that's twenty years later. I know. You know. Still, so it probably was like, a pain in the ass. They weren't overselling it. I still think it's a really tough thing to do. So he's got the and the, but then I mean the real problem with this movie is that it wants to be this run and gun action movie, right? Like uh-huh. it right. so desperately wants to be cool. Yeah. Yes. And every action sequence is just like. 50% totally. of the way there. It's like right. not even close. It's like nothing. the gunships and this where he has his like blaster and his metal hat and he's shooting spiders. And it's just like no tension to it at all. Well, there's, yeah, I'd say the two things with this movie, no tension. And also it's weird that it, this movie never really establishes uh, like, like real stakes because it's like, okay, fuck our mission's been sabotaged. We're not making it to where we thought we were going to make it, but they're, just sort of like, let's see right, where we where end up. Where are they going? What right. Is- it's true. They have no plan. No. They just also, things just happen. A hole in space appears and, and Malabong just goes into, goes it. into <laughs> it. And when, uh, when William Hurt says, wait, he says, I'll wait later, which Great again line. is one of those like Akiva Goldsman lines where you're like, what? That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, we should say this movie's directed by Stephen Hopkins. Who uh, had made The Fifth Nightmare on Elm Street. The Dream Child. He had made Predator 2. The worst of the Predator movies. <laughs> the worst of the, Yes. Uh, he had made Judgment Night with Emilio Estevez and Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay. Never heard of that. I he found made a, Blown Away. I found a robot mug, too. Stop. <laughs> Enough. Drink me. He had never made <laughs> a major, you know, sure. big budget movie like this. And it kind, of, it kind of shows you also feel like he was hired because there was like so much studio pressure on this movie and right. so much like studio weighing in on every little part of it. Right. You have to hire someone like a Stephen Hopkins who's New just going to like, like do family franchise. Want. They yeah. had their ideas of what they want the film to be. And, and so as a result, the movie has no, no has no identity. Right. right. Notably on the IMDb page says that Stephen Hopkins and Heather Graham were dating at the during they production They apparently of the dated film, afterwards, yeah. Which is Ooh. weird. Uh, Stephen Hopkins born in 1958. In? Huh? in? Where was he born? Uh, I don't know. I'll Jamaica. Oh, wow. So he's 12 years older than her. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Born in Jamaica. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about Stephen Hopkins except he made Blown Away. He made The Ghost in the Darkness, which is not a bad movie. The Peter Sellers HBO movie. He made that later. But after Lost in Space, the big thing he makes is uh, 24, season one. He directs every episode. The oh, best really? season of 24. And then he gets booted for a different director because 24 is always directed by the same director okay, every I don't season. Know. Uh, so he kind of set the tone for 24. Wow. Um, but this, uh, yeah. 
So they go, I'll wait later. Yeah, they go to this fucking planet, and, and then, yeah, they yeah, go yeah. to another planet. This is the thing, though. It's like, how is this movie long? We're, I like, I feel like it's like the because spider scene it's is so all drawn in out. The final time right, travel let's sequence. Skip over. What's the planet in between? I don't even remember. No, there isn't one. No, that's it. That's it. And then they really? go to the time travel place, and it's like that. The whole thing is like that takes, it takes at least, a, it takes it takes a a least half an hour. So it takes so long. longer. It takes almost an hour. It takes so long, yeah. and there's no real action. It's just a lot of explaining, and it's right. like really complicated is, for a kid's movie. Right, because right, I think <laughs> the first it's half of the movie, movie, I think the first half of the movie, up to the destruction of the Proteus, so they leave the Proteus, yeah. the spiders are chasing him, Matt LeBlanc blows up the Proteus, Gary, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, William Hurt's mad at him about it, which is weird. Like uh-huh. that thing is full of spiders. Oh, and then Mimi Rogers up. comes in in one of only three moments and she she's gets to like, do anything. Yeah. Jesus, she's you like, guys, you having a pissing contest? Spray <laughs> down the desk with testosterone. And oh, Jesus, Jesus, you want to measure your dicks? Like, you know, like she makes like eight versions of the same joke, right? Uh, but and um, I think the first hour of the movie is fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, it moves. Totally functional. It has action. It's, it's not like, like well it's written in, or anything. Inelegant, but like amusing enough. There's some designy stuff that's cool. I kind of yeah. like the cryo suits. I forgot to mention. I like how the yeah. eye thing like goes over them and they're then weird. Like, yeah, sleeps back. Yeah. Um, but then right once they land on this planet, which is some like knockoff fucking Fraggle Rock nonsense with like weird little like giant fur mushrooms. Yeah, oh, and let's mention that on the first when they go to the Proteus. And they like take Oldman with him because yeah they do he's like I'm a doctor not a space explorer right they're like right oh cool Star Trek but they like trust him they're like we don't want to we don't trust him but we don't want to leave him alone uh and there's a thing where Bill Hurt considers killing him but then is like how are we going to save humanity if we that's can't? early yeah right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. if so we're now, not civilized when I they get know. to the future Should planet kill him, to be clear when they get to the future plant they leave him in his room and they lock. The gates. They do lock the gates. Then Marin comes in and interviews him. That does take a lot right. of time. That is right. So it's supposed to be the whole. Who are your doctors? <laughs> I don't know. It's supposed to be just Don West and uh, and and the Big Hurt going. Don West and the Big Hurt go through the time bubble. Right. Then this the is when William chase Hurt's like, Lart. I've got a working theory that time <laughs> travel may be involved yeah. in this whole scenario. Matt yeah. LeBlanc's like, that's crazy. Completely put him in a sanitarium. Shut up, you <laughs> fucking lunatic. He must never speak again. He has yes. violated the laws of physics. And Will says, like, from a corner, like, time travel is not impossible. It's just improbable. And like, what uh, is this? A more fucking science fair bullshit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> William Hurt's like, I need less of this and more of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he's like, uh, you never listen home, to me, Dad. Uh, David made a talking hand gesture <laughs> and then made a zip it hand gesture. <laughs> Less of one, more of the other. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. So they uh, get to the planet, and Jared Harris, <laughs> one of my favorite character actors, a real GG, so, to be a clear, guy. Will Smith and, I mean, <laughs> so Will Smith plays the spider. Dr. Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> the time bubble merges the character, so William yeah. Hurt and Dr. Smith. Right. No, uh, William Hurt and Matt LeBlanc go through the time bubble and meet Jared Harris. Gary Oldman and Will Robinson are chilling out. The girls vanish from into thin air. They get blarped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get blarped. <laughs> and okay so Jared Harris who's a great actor this is right after he's in like I shot Andy Warhol right, right. Like he's like a young cool British actor and I read an interesting LA Times piece like on him where he had just shot this and he was like you know after like I shot Andy Warhol no one really like knew it was me because it was like so much in that world I only got offered other like aloof artist roles yeah. and he had played a lot of like scumbags and like you know, uh, mentally challenged men right, and like, right, right. 
uh, he was like, I want to like expand my range. And was like, I think this is like going to show me in a whole new light. And then they dub over all of his dialogue. Now, the only explanation that IMDb trivia has is the producers felt he lacked the quote, vocal range for the role. Right, but what that quote is not that from anywhere. There is no information ev- online about why he was overdubbed or what the deal, or who overdubbed who him. Who overdubbed but him But it's very is clear question. that it's not his voice. And they it overdubbed is. him. If you know Jared Harris. Right. When you're watching right. at the time, you're probably like, I When I was a kid, know. I didn't know. Right. But right. now right. I'm right. watching no, no. and it's like very jarring. And also the voice is like real Saturday morning cartoon. Like the voice lacks any salty and it's like, Dad, don't you remember me? It's Will, it, it, your son. It, it, yes. And you've it, yes. done your Jared Harris impression before on the show. Even when he's speaking in American accent, he's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I know. I have done one, and now I can't remember oh. what I was It was for person. certain women. <laughs> well, uh. And then it turns out that he is under the control of Spider Smith, who uh, of is like the most <laughs> truly bizarre choice this movie could ever have made. No, nope. like yes, it is placed beforehand. He is bitten by a, he is. He's, right. or he's not even bitten or whatever. Slash, it is and he's like, ah, damn, spider bite. The, the yeah. bite happens it, in slow motion, so you don't forget so you it. Don't and forget then, it, like three other moments in the movie, where he's like it, scratching and, he's like, and it keeps getting pussier and bigger. Yeah, and, it's like leaking blue pus. And nonetheless, so I don't think anyone it. was expecting <laughs> what that leads to. Yeah, it's like we'll probably die. But that's why the toy has spoiler box because no one could have called this one. It really feels like Eva Goldsman just did not have an ending yeah. right like right. really it was just and also we paid for old men let's let old men be the big bad you know let's no, make well, one of the reasons that it's yeah. scary still kind of freaky to me I think one of the reasons is that they have to try to make it kind of look like Gary Oldman I mean yeah, I guess they he, do I guess he did it I don't we don't really know so, Smith, but, yeah, Smith and that's part here. of what makes it look creepy is that he's supposed to be a scary monster but he also kind of looks, looks like Gary face. Oldman's face and it's weird yeah, it, <laughs> is, it is Kafkaesque I mean you know Dr. Zach Zachary Smith awoke to find himself transformed. <laughs> the design is kind of like very species, right? It's that weird, like, mm-hmm. like weird techno insect kind of thing. Which with this the whole movie has that vague, like, right. 90s techno vibe, right? But I also, do you know, this is a movie where uh, Gary Oldman is credited twice. Yes. Not like as Dr. Smith slash Spider Smith. No, further There's down. Two credits. Right. Which is weird. Uh, <laughs> is weird. Is weird. Um, but the other thing is, I find Spider Smith slash Future Smith uh, very scary for the first chunk when he's wearing that big robe. Right. Because right. it's clearly oh, but, like a yeah. puppet where yes. they just have a green screen. And it has like, this kind of herky, jerky movement. He, he yeah. moves like the Skeksis from. The Dark Crystal. Right, he's this right, right. Weird, hunched over, herky jerky mound of robes. He's got claws, and because the whole Jupiter 2 is, is metal, yeah. every step is like thunk, thunk, right. thunk, yeah. thunk. Yeah. Yeah. And Gary Oldman's doing some good voice acting, and it's kind yeah, of unnerving, and his face is in shadows, and you're like, how much does that look like Gary Oldman? But and then, then when he like throws it off, when he takes it off, it off and like, he's just well, full bug, it's right. yeah. It's, and then uh, and also yeah, he's full bug and he like grows 10 feet. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an yeah. odd choice. He's got a lot of neck. And so he's like, yeah, it's weird because it's so long. Yeah. But it's also it's mostly just, just him arriving out. and Jared Harris being like, Dad, don't you understand? I built the time machine. He We're wants go to go back, back because he wants to have a normal life. But it turns out that Spider Smith was just working him so that he could go back because he just he only cares about himself. I guess so. Uh, but he, within it, within it, there is a one sort of nice moment where you see through the portal he's created. You see him as a kid and see them on like day when they're going off on the mission and he has yeah. a little yeah. monologue about like oh I remember how I felt that day like so like full of hope and it's sort of like a nice moment and you're like okay I get 
what we're going for yeah, here b- in terms of the art. Before he realized that this mission sucked. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but then, yeah, most of it is just nonsense. Yeah. It's mostly nonsense. It uh, also, it William Hurt forever. is like, I keep calling him that because I can't remember his name. Right. John Robinson is like, well, I don't know if you should do that because... Uh, you know, what if you hurt Earth with your time right. warp technology? Which is what when he should be saying is, how about someone goes through that and says, someone sabotaged the ship. Right. Let's <laughs> deal with that. I don't care who <laughs> like, goes through. Anyone but yeah, Smith. Right, but right. Spider Smith knocks out present day Smith and he falls down a pit of garbage. Yeah, he falls in a pit of garbage and Joanna was like, did he just kill himself? And I was like, no, because then wouldn't he like blink out of existence? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so he's not dead. But also at this point, Smith has been pounding around with little Ro- Will. Right. And they've built the robot now to make it look dad. like the old robot. Right. So there's a lot of that business. Right. And now the Joe's robot has its own head. mind. He loves baseball. He's not a remote control right, anymore. Right, because he put Will's, Will put his own brain into the robot, which is, he's doing a lot of advanced But shit. when he says, like, put his own brain into it, there's a shot where you of see him with an iPad, there's a baseball, and he, like, drags and drops it into the, the robot. Strike. Yep. Whoa. Yep. yep. <laughs> the robot says, strike, you're out. For the love of the game. Yes. Rated <laughs> PG-13. Eight men out. Um... And then there's like a yeah. quasi fight that's not really a fight because yeah. William Hurt stabs Gary Oldman Spider Man with his son's science trophy. Oh, yes. yeah. Which is, I think, this like Akiva Goldsman save the cat fucking like, I did it. He I completed <laughs> the story circle. He thinks it's Chekhov's Done. gun because at the beginning of the movie they're packing and it's like, why would I even bring this? It's exactly. Like yeah, so it so and he stabs him, and then he's like, "Don't you remember these monsters eat their wounded?" And the spiders, the little baby we spiders, don't remember, eat him. by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. The spiders like crawl on Smith, but it, you never quite buy it as like incapacitating. No. <laughs> and then there's just a lot of shoe the, leather about like between the Robinsons, and then no, but then he Will's knocked, got knocked down. But he knocks him into right. the time machine, but into like the bad part that hurts you, yeah. which is. He yeah. almost knocks him through it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then he's dangling by his dog tags. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And Bill, yeah. Big Hurt saves him. Right. And he's like, why did you do that, Dad? The core is unstable. And sure. he's like. Because the planet's collapsing or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, the, the, I told you someday. Dream is collapsing. That's, that's the other fucking real Goldsman-y thing. Was like at the beginning of the movie, Big Hurt says like, someday I'll prove to you how much I love you. Right. It's like, why not just say I love you and hug your son now? <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. Why you got to make it like a fucking deuce ex machina? <laughs> right. But so now he like saves his son to show him how much he loves him. And then he jumps in. and. He- not yet, because they have to watch. It. This is what it's so. It's just so oh, many right. steps to it. They right. first try Fuck. to watch them escape. Try to watch them, them escape, and then and they Matt fail. Like, I'm sorry, and they blow up. Yeah, which is pretty dark. And That's then, what I'm uh, saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of many weirdly dark things in this movie. Right. Uh, and then he goes back. They go back. He goes back through the machine. Right. Mimi Rogers gets half a moment when they realize that uh, John Robinson isn't coming back. Yeah, she West gets returns, like a goodbye, my love. And she moment. sort of becomes the captain. She's like, "Well, I'm going to save as many people as I can." Boom, dead in five minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fail. Um, but uh, and then yeah. he goes back. But goes then back. it's very unclear. It's like, what? Well, now you're there, but isn't the same thing just going to happen? Yeah. Until he says, "Through the planet, use." It's gravity. <laughs> Not really the planet, but then it looks kind of cool. But then the planet collapses into a black hole, which really bursts <laughs> my bubble. I hate that. Planets don't turn into black holes. Stars turn into black holes. And, <laughs> and it turns into a black hole in like four minutes. 
And then the movie just So ends. then they have to use yeah. hyperdrive again, yeah. and right. uh, Will says, cool. That's the last line of the film, right? Cool. Yeah. Fist mission sucks. Jeez. Okay, box office game. <laughs> I have to leave. I have a doctor's appointment. All box right. office game. It's just a disaster. Yeah, this movie sucks. I mean, I think the last half but though, it's is a notable. It's box the blarp of movies. It starts out a little charming. But I have to, you know, to come back to why I chose this movie. Yeah. Despite yes. everything that we just said, right. I watch this movie often, even before it was on Netflix, but yep. even more so now, or yep. watch bits of it. I find it to be a very calming bad movie to watch. Sure. sure. You don't uh, have to defend yourself. I've literally picked some of the dumbest films ever. No, made. he's not. I think <laughs> no, he's, no, he's no, not, no, defending not defending himself. I'm yeah. saying, like, he's there are just, certain, I right. feel like we all have them. You guys have probably talked about it's them also previously. it's very much a time capsule movie. like this is the start of studios thinking in terms of franchises you know about like the power of ip and how to like stretch things out like there's a the whole thing on the well, imdb of how they yes had, but part of its purity is the fact that none of that happened right and so it just sits on it's, its before own they figured out how to do it well so it that right. part of it failed it was never going to be a franchise it was never going to be a big hit and uh well at least it wasn't no. uh but now so now it just sits on its own as this weird ass movie that i find very uh Coming, I I'm trying to find this now. There was a list of the things they were going to do. According to the screenwriter, Akiva Goldsman, if the movie did receive a Akiva sequel, Goldsman. it would have been about the Robinson family making it to Alpha Prime. However, they discovered that Alpha Prime is already populated with humans because they previously went through a wormhole in the first movie that sends them into the future. Great, so it's the same fucking thing again? There would also terrible. have been a subplot with Judy Robinson creating a cure for Dr. Smith to prevent the spider infection from turning into Spider-Smith and Penny ending up receiving the same color-changing abilities as Blarp. <laughs> that sounds great. Sounds yeah. great. I'm back on board. Yeah. <laughs> Goldsman, make this. Now, it's unfair that Goldsman is now running Star Trek Discovery. Like well, it's good yeah. so far. It is good. The, sh- the show is good. I credit to Goldsman, but also, it is crazy. That if he, I can correct myself, and he myself, also won an Oscar. The IMDb trivia fact doesn't say Future Will's dialogue is entirely dubbed because he didn't have the vocal range. The term is the vocal scale. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> does na, that na, mean? Na, 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 na. Okay, yeah. But yes, Goldsman. He wrote many a movie like this one, which I now think is terrible. That when I was a certain age, just blew my mind. And a beautiful to mind. Them. He wrote a beautiful mind. Right. He did. That's an another and he, one and that he wrote. I Robot. That blew my mind at a certain point. Uh, the ba- Batman Forever, obviously. Right. And Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin in a different way. Sure. Uh, and many others. Like, God, he's, yeah. he's fascinating. He's, he's, he is. He's a terrible writer in he many ways, but he's tale. been such a big part yeah, of my life. Direct. Right. Because, right, yeah. if you're a kid of the late 90s, I think that's true. Akiva Goldsman. I mean, look, only true 90s kids will understand <laughs> this episode. <All> right. <laughs> this movie grossed $69 million domestic. It grossed 136 worldwide on an $80 million budget, which is not great. No, but it's not like it wasn't like a catastrophic failure. No. It just didn't do very well. Okay, on the subject of catastrophic failures, this year Akiva Goldsman either produced, wrote, or did both on The Dark Tower, King yep. Arthur: Legend of the Sword, yep. Transformers. He's in charge of all these like writers' rooms, right? And like, rings, right. rings. He was one of yeah. He was in charge of the Transformers writers' room. Right. I think he was in the Dark Universe writers' room. Sure, put him in there. He's in these writers' rooms. They just shelved Bride of Frankenstein, by the way. So we have no idea if the uh, like as of today. Yeah. Oh man, I know. that's the one I wanted to see just because Bill Condon's been dicking around for like 15 years I, making I just hope there's never another one and so that movie is the only movie with the Dark Universe logo in front sure. of it <laughs> like because that would almost <laughs> make it like Lost in Space right yes. it's like what was this <laughs> was there a plan there were so many plans sure. you watch you watch fucking uh, whatchamacallit Beauty and the Beast and it's like Bill Conn just wants to make Bride of Frankenstein let him make Bride of Frankenstein Beauty and the Beast barely functions as a Beauty and the Beast movie 
because he's so busy trying to make Bride of Frankenstein. I, I, that's that's just great. Number one at the box office is Lost in Space, April third, nineteen ninety eight. And what's historic about it? Two point one million, twenty point one million right. dollars. A, a fine opening weekend, but it's historic because it dethrones Titanic's fifteen straight week run at number one. Correct. They it called the, the movie the iceberg, movie, the first movie to defeat the Titanic, which has only dropped twenty four percent. Insane. In its sixteenth week, it has made five hundred and thirty million dollars. $11 million on its 16th weekend. It's got $70 million more to me. It's completely bonkers. Bonker. Good movie. Number three is a Bruce Willis film. It's a new entry this week. Mercury Rising? You got it. I want to see that one. My parents would not let me. This autistic kid has like a secret in his head. Puzzle And books. we will portray this sensitively. <laughs> hasn't, he, hasn't he like cracked the like the NSA like security right. system yeah, yeah, through yeah. puzzle what? books or something? Why the fuck's it called Mercury Rising? That sounds like it's about like a temperature problem. <laughs> I, like. want, I want to see that movie so badly because it was about a weird boy. Number four at the box office is another movie I saw on this trip to America that we took where I saw Lost in Space twice and maybe other things. Mm -hmm. It was a reissue of a hit of the 70s, and I went to see it with my grandmother in Utica. Greece? Just the two of us. Greece. Wow. Uh, we had a great time. I remember this time period vividly. Number five is a Travolta movie. That's kind of a box office uh, flop, weirdly, even though it's a good movie. Mm, comedy, drama, dramedy. Uh, dramedy, I guess. Michael Darn Gets two Oscar nominations. Primary Colors? Primary wow. Colors. How does he do it? Uh, there you go. You nailed the box office game. Uh, you just feeling bad after you fucked up Near Dark's box office game so bad. Wasn't you? I can't even remember. Which yeah, it was, was. it was disastrous. But also, I, uh, I... No, this was like when I started really yeah. following the box office closely. So these these are like historic... Wild things. Weekends for me. Okay. Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. So the two Leo movies. Because that right. had come closest to dethroning Titanic. Man yeah. the Iron Mask did like 500,000 less than Titanic that weekend. And people thought like Leo is finally going to take down Leo. And then when the actuals came in, it was like a little lower. Um, Barney's Great Adventure is a new entry at number 11. Yeah. Um, as good as it gets, which mm. Joey and I just rewatched, number eight. Really amazing. Movie. Griffin's making a face. It is an amazing movie. Really, quite something that and a movie. Crazy successful movie. 136 million yeah. in 15 weeks. A lot really of money. great. Wow. Goodwill yeah. Hunting is also hanging out with a similar total. Yeah, this is when like Oscar movies would just play and play and play and play and make so much fucking money. LA Confidential is also in there, right? Which made 61 million dollars, which is the, not bad. Yeah. The lowest grossing of the right, best picture but did nominees. Pretty that well, year. yeah. Right. It's going to yeah. make 64. Right, because that's they, a great movie, Joey. Hmm. You, you weren't paying attention, but that's a great movie. LA Confidential. Oh yeah. We love, we both love that movie. It's a great movie. I got to leave. I got to go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pee. We've been talking. Lost in space. Uh, we did it. We did it. Joey, thank you so much for being on thank the show. Thank you so much for having me. People can follow I'm you so on. I'm so glad we decided on this movie. I think this, <laughs> yeah. this was just so the right call. I hope everyone goes back. Everyone who is like, what? the hell kind of choice is this now mm -hmm. goes back to Netflix and rewatches it and rediscovers watching. the wonder at yeah, least watches the first hour yeah. you yeah, can yeah, quit yeah, after yeah, the yeah. first hour but then yeah, go yeah. to straight to the and end credits and listen to that <laughs> over and over again yeah. and try to find it uh, find that and uh, the score for this movie online to try to listen to them they're quite hard oh, to find well and apparently John Williams I think did the score for the TV show but they didn't have the rights to any of the John Williams stuff. Right, so, so zero they, references. Right, to it. yeah. 
sure. other than the theme song at the end. Anyway, We're thank good. you so much for being on the show. People Thanks should so should follow you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, yes. Better Twitter than mine. Hot Broadway oh. takes. <laughs> Mostly theater. Be warned. Joey C. Sims. Joey C. Sims. Seriously. You Sims boys like use in the middle initial on Twitter. Hey, man. We got there late. <laughs> <laughs> I got there way later, I think. Yep. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Go to blinkies.red.com for some real nerdy shit. Thank you to Ange for Gouda for our social media. Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Lane Montgomery for our theme song. And as always, the dad, the bad, and the cat. Great. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.